rise and shine. Googans, go time. On a Thursday morning, it's Custom Tree Searches Thursday. Up and Adam, have a day. That sums it up. Have a day. Knock out that presentation. Wow them at that meeting. Get that overtime. You're playing golf, career low. If we're fishing, catch them all. Have a day. We count the days until the Calvin Ridley application gets approved. That move looks more and more savvy. I will say this. I think it's being a bit overplayed. I've seen this comment now come from a couple uh, on the national scope. Uh, and, and that is, it was especially shrewd for the Jags to pick up Calvin Ridley when they did because there's a very weak free agent market at receiver. And, I, you know, I, I think that would apply more to the rest of the teams in the league that didn't look ahead and who are planning to use free agency for receivers. I, there's no plan for the Jaguars to use free agency for receivers this year, not after what they um, doled out last year and then the return that they got on that. So... You know, that part of it maybe is just a tad overplayed. Um, but nonetheless, the the I, I guess the notion seems to be this is going to be a no-brainer stamp of approval. And then Calvin Ridley will be reinstated. If you missed it, he played like a seven-game parlay in that brief window that sports gambling was open in Florida when he was home uh, away from, from the Falcons team for his own reasons. Uh, the NFL came down hard. I mean, it gets to be a laughable point here. I mean, it's a whole other issue. We won't get into too too far, too deep. But, I mean, the league, is just, it holds hands and skips down the beach with the gambling industry. We don't even hide it anymore. I mean, you watch the national TV game, they do a whole segment previewing some DraftKings profile or some over-under odds on a, a number of player catches. Certainly, you know, in the NFL, you can't you can't gamble on the game, and I and and it, not that Calvin Ridley shouldn't have been punished, but really, in hindsight, a whole year seems because of it's different. You know, it's not like it was back in the old day. Back in the old days, you had to worry about your guys gambling because they can make more money on the gamble than they could in the contract you're paying them. I mean, that's what's kept gambling out of sports in this in these. Are you kidding me? These modern times, all the technology, you don't think dudes would be firing off on stuff? with supposed inside information that they they might have. Uh, by the way, I don't think Calvin really can bet on football any better or different than you or I can, to be honest with you. But, yeah, there's not a super risk of NFL players gambling to the point that it's affecting the outcomes because that's what you're worried about. I, mean, I don't think Roger Goodell in the NFL cares if you're firing off on a fantasy team. But they do care if you're firing off in a game that you directly impact and can control. And I don't think that that concern is, is, you know, warranted so much anymore because of the price point. I mean, really, to control an NFL game, you better get a very important player first and foremost. You could argue whether Calvin Ridley himself could affect a game. And, and again, he wasn't even playing, so I don't, I'm getting off track here a little bit. But the, the NFL stance on gambling has certainly softened. And, in fact, it's encouraged I think it's fair to say, across all their platforms, major sponsors from DraftKings and, and other online sporting. I mean, have you not seen, you know, Peyton and Eli Manning pumping up Caesars? Huh? Want we'll to see Kevin Hart yucking it up on a sofa, telling you to bet on DraftKings? Marshawn Lynch, this Jamie Foxx. Correct. 
Now, these are separate issues. But I, I think there should at least be a little context there of the, the era that the NFL is in when it's dancing with the devil. You don't complain when the <laughs> devil has a wayward eye now and then, I guess. Be one way to say it. So uh, the sun rises here this morning on the first coast to a very bright future for our Jaguars. It, it's, it's a much funner dive into the offseason when your team, when your players are showing up in a better light. You know, whether it's, we've talked about the quarterback rankings and where Trevor now is landing just about inside the top six everywhere. And, and you can also look at teams from like an overall tier where the organization stands and you, you know, here are the categories on that. First of all, E.T., how are we doing this morning? We good? Your boy's solid, man. Dude, I'm hyper-prepped for the show today. I've got so much information. It's one of those days we're not going to get it all in. i got a bunch of good, interesting little sidebars and angles, in addition uh, to Doc Murphy, who will join us for the you know any injury situations in the NFL. What up, Doc? Cat Chat is uh, in today. He'll log a little bit of overtime as uh, Hick is gallivanting around the Southwest for the next couple of days. Uh, going to see his boy, Bruce Springsteen. Now, personally... I wouldn't take an Uber across town to see Bruce Springsteen, but that's just me. That's me and you. Yeah, that's just me. But, man, me, uh, listen. It, it, Springsteen's a big boy. That's just, that's just not my gig, right? Yeah. Springsteen's a big boy. It's not like we're going on some obtuse angle. There's a lot of Springsteen fans out there. I don't want to step on your toes. The boss has his uh, followers for sure. I, I just never a huge uh, Springsteen guy. Anyway, let me give you these tiers as they stand. We'll jump into them later. We're doing what we call in the industry right now. Setting the table. Um, here are the tiers, all right? They put all the 32 teams into one of these seven or eight tiers. Here they are. Still major contenders. Need a postseason breakthrough. Headed on the right track. In a comfortable spot despite a losing season. Stuck in quarterback purgatory. Time to reassess the state of the franchise. New coach, new direction, or major rebuild in the works. Let's be honest. Where have the Jaguars fallen on that sliding scale? You know, 13 of the last 15 years. It's no fun to click on the column to begin with and scan past and scroll over all the teams that have gotten good and young, picked the right quarterbacks, teams that have been like you for much of your dormancy. I mean, the Buffalo Bills forever were, were, you know, they didn't go to the playoffs from 99 to 17. But the last four or five years, we scroll down. There are the Bills, high expectations. They fall into the still major contender, postseason breakthrough, one of those top uh, categories. Headed on the right track is going to include the top half, uh, more than the top half of the NFL. But we know where we're going to land every offseason before this one. We're either, here would be the two most popular. Although, I don't know. I, I think purgatory would be too, might be too beneficial, but like the, the the Bortles years would constitute quarterback purgatory, right? Foles to Minshew and not knowing what you're going to do there would be purgatory. Trevor's first year, um, I don't know if we would have classified it as purgatory. I think last year, 
at this time, it probably still was at the very bottom category, major rebuild in the works, wouldn't you say? This time last year, coming off back-to-back, top pick in the draft seasons, the Jags probably fell in major rebuild in the works. Maybe new coach, new direction, obviously, with with Doug Peterson um, having just taken over. But we're always in, we, we've spent all our time in stuck in quarterback purgatory, time to reassess the state of the franchise, new coach, new direction, or major rebuild in the works. That's where we are. That's where we've lived. We've never even, you know, poked our head up out of the quicksand to even take a look at those other top categories. So, point of this is, with our newfound promise and needle up, we'll take a dive into where the Jaguars are now. We've talked about the power rankings, right? We got hectic earlier this week. Jags are top 10. Just about every power ranking I've seen, the Jags um, somewhere between 8 and 10. And and in some cases, you know, based on this late season run, you could argue that there's a couple ahead of the Jags that you might think should be uh, behind them instead. But here's another aspect of the power rankings that we didn't touch on as we would great. Joy and and pace shot up to where the Jags were ranked and then just based ourselves on that, all right? I looked at a power rating a little more in depth. Here's another harbinger of what we can look forward to for the next few years, okay? In those same power ratings, number 32, the Houston Texans, number 30, the Indianapolis Colts, and number 24, the Tennessee Titans. That made me smile. Right? Jacks went 4-2 and two against the division. Let's don't lose sight of that. We have been dog against the division. We have been dog at home. And, man, we have flipped the script on those important categories this, this season as well. Just another feather in the, in the cap of impact um, that we had. So that, that's just another, I think, indicator of where we are uh, right now as a franchise. So... Um, I'll tell you, as far as the tier, here's what I would think. I skimmed this, to be honest with you. I'm not positive where the Jacks fell on this. I think probably headed on the right track is fair. We were a 9-8 and eight football team, right? Did take a long win streak and a 27-point comeback to be looked at in this new uh, lens that we are. So, still major contender. Can't say that because there's no still involved. We've, we've been picking first. Need a postseason breakthrough. That's not been a problem for the Jaguars. Getting into the postseason, we typically have success, right? At 500 record as a postseason team. That's that's better than most. Look, typically, if the Jags get in, they, they give us a little thrill or two. Last playoff uh, visit in, in 17, won two games, went to the championship game. Uh, the one before that in 2007. Won what? A playoff game at Pittsburgh. So, you know, typically the Jags aren't a one-and-done type of a team. So, you know, still need a postseason breakthrough. We wouldn't fall there. So the next one on the line will be headed on the right track. And uh, I think that that is, is putting it putting it mildly. All right, I mentioned we're content full today, which is uh, going to be fantastic. All right. We come back on the other side. We're talking about these tiers. We're talking about these teams. The top of this draft is so fascinating. And now... Could Dan Hicken have been prescient in this thought? I still think it would be a dumb move. But there are more suggestions that the Bears might be considering trading Justin Fields, using that number one pick on a quarterback. 
oof, that sounds awfully stupid to me. But there seems to be some of that out there. And you know who else has trade rumors around him? Another arguably run-first quarterback. Let's put that correlation together a little bit. Talk about that story from the NFL that's going to percolate here over the course of the next month. That, that's not, that flame's not going to get cooler. Unless the Bears just come out and flat out say. And they're playing poker right now, so who knows what they may you know, offer up when it, when it comes to support or not for uh, Justin Fields. So we'll get into that on the other side. I'm uh, also going to take you to the Chiefs parade. Look, I try to give you jokers the benefit of the doubt. Right? You know, you played the no one believed in his card immediately in the emotion after the Super Bowl. You know, 90% of the world in the football world scoffed at you and said, what are you talking about, you idiot? You're the Chiefs. We know you're good. But I did at least bring up, well, you know, they weren't the pick to win the division by maybe of a majority of those that were being asked. We looked at our picks here. We Three of us picked. Ian Hick both had the Chargers, and that's not to diminish them in any way. Chargers were a playoff team, but I think there was an overall thought that the Chiefs we're going to n- drop down a level. That didn't seem so accurate after they rammed their way through as the number one seed and win the Super Bowl. And so I gave them a benefit of the doubt in the immediate after effect. After effect. But the Chiefs championship is not aging well. First, the Juju Smith-Schuster, which is just off the top rope, unnecessary, poor sportsmanship with that ridiculous Valentine's uh, Day meme to James Bradbury. And then the parade yesterday where it's not that Travis Kelsey doubled down on this ridiculous hyper underdog role. You want to play it a little bit on the fringe? Okay. And listen, also get this. Parades are meant to be community pep rallies. But in today's day and age, the cameras and microphones are there. And I've now had enough, man. It's beyond over the top on the woe is me. No one believed in us. I'll let you hear Travis Kelsey. And I am pretty sure you will immediately agree with me after you hear what the big fella said at, um, at yesterday's Super Bowl parade in Kansas city as they celebrate another one. So we got other NFL news to get to Vegas always knows again. I got another one from last night. A good one. Share some college basketball nuggets. That includes a Florida win last night and an FSU loss. But Florida won a battle, but they lost the war. Season over for the Gators. I'll tell you why. Oh, yeah. Uh, coming up in just a little bit. We are getting in our positions at Daytona. 500's coming up this weekend. The pole position was last night. I got the front row for you as we move through this hour. And, and again, man, I run the danger of looking ridiculous trying to go too deep on NASCAR because those of you out there who are true NASCAR fans know more about it than I do. I freely would admit that. I got you covered everywhere else. Maybe not hockey. But if you're just a casual NASCAR observer like me, after you get past the front row, there was one name that I was interested in seeing how they did last night. So we'll tell you how my one name uh, did do. You know what else we're going to do in the next two days, uh, E.T.? I'll let you I haven't determined if it's going to be today or tomorrow. Tomorrow, by the way, we got it every Friday. Maddie going to come in and join us 8 to 10. We're going to talk Sharks football tomorrow, Iceman hockey, two more Jacksonville pro teams that have championship aspirations. So that's all on the plate tomorrow. But sometime today or tomorrow, we're going to pick you a NASCAR driver. Oh. Yeah, we're going to pick you somebody to at least just take a peek at this Sunday when the uh, Super Bowl of stock car racing is is running right down, down the road. I'm with it. All right. Um, NFL News and a Football Fix includes a, um, a darkness retreat update. This guy, Aaron Rodgers, is in, uh, is in another dimension, bro. 
He's just operating in some other dimension. I don't know where it is. Some, some. He's a slider. I don't know what the hell. <laughs> he is an odd character. To play football at his level, I mean, look, he's got his strengths. He's not like a total eyeball in the, you know, he's not walking around, you know, staring at stars. and. But he's just eccentric probably would be but maybe even an understatement. So we got that. Hicken brought up a, a college football ranking that, that is out. And it's uh, ESPN, basically their power ratings now as we've gone through the majority of the offseason settling. You know, they call it the SP plus or something like that. I think it's worth a little bit deeper dive. At least spend a couple minutes on that, on what we can expect as, as college football spring uh, practices are going to uh, begin and, and we're going to you know start focusing a little more on that. And uh, Google Hoops, that's yours, it's actually coming out today. Oh, mine is? Yeah, it's coming out today. Oh. Uh, 10, 10 a.m. today. Have you seen it? No. I've seen the trailers. Yeah. And they're out on social media. Oh, the trailers are? Yeah, you, your jumper looks sweet now. Did it? She, 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 I got some happy editing? Yeah, yeah, the trailer Some looks friendly really editing for Mia? I can't wait to see it. Thank you, Mia. I'm Here, looking forward to chef's it. Chef's kiss to Mia this morning. Thank you. I mean, I'm at the mercy of some friendly editing. I mean, because, look, a lot. Whoops. <laughs> and the trash talking was going. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I was running with the boys of a little course. bit. Of course. We got to because yeah. they, they could talk. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. They, they, they were more of the silent, deadly type, but they ran it back at me a little <laughs> bit for sure. Yeah. I got to run something, man. I got to win some part of that, that contest. Shoot or shoot, E.T. Shoot or shoot. <laughs> Well, uh, gosh, where where do you find the preview then? And the and the yeah, it normally comes out on Friday. Where oh, by the way, I do have, you know, again, not proud. I got a little bicep soreness. It's official. I got shooter's bicep this morning. Firing up about a hundred jumpers on Thursday after not shooting hoops for a while. That's the effect. Oof. All right, uh, we'll get into that and more. Some updates on uh, all the fun and frivolity we've got scheduled for you. Our goal: four hours of sports infotainment. Stick around. It's a custom tree surgeon's Thursday on the drill. This would be just catastrophic if I made this one. Oh, yeah. I want to take this moment to remind everyone that the stars are oh, Ben and Isaiah there at, uh, or Israel, sorry, Ben and Israel over there, Bonavitra. Those are the stars of the video. Understand, that's why we do these. Is it me come out of mothballs and show the kind of shooter's form that is going to shock and awe you when you see it today at 10 a.m. when it's released? E.T., rate, my, rate, rate the form of my jumper. The jumper was smooth, man. I, ain't gonna lie. Yeah. I, I give it, a, I give it a solid eight point five. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a nine eight back in the day. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, it's fun. It's, it was a good idea. I hope you've enjoyed getting to meet some of these high school basketball stars all around town. You got your shot with that Talia Scott over there. She's unbelievable. Oh man, yeah, whoop me. I will say this. Um, in our in my little game of googan with the kids with the with the boys over there, the young men. Went out on a couple of, um, uh, let's just say, not exactly fundamental kind of shots. Uh, let's put it that way. You know what I'm saying? These I, new age kids. In other words, I kind of held, I held, now they did me a solid. We kept it on the ground. I just said, let's just keep it on the ground. I no don't wanna, dunking. I don't want to see you dunk or go, uh, go, you know, lay up, put the ball between your legs, stuff I just ain't going to be able to do anymore, right? That's fine. Put me off a pick. Give me two feet. I'll be effective. <laughs> 
But point being, I said, let's keep it on the ground. So I, I held my own just shooting around on the court. But stay tuned. Um, so, I mean, here's the reality. Florida gets a win last night. I, it's a hard watch. They're not a good team, which makes it two ways to look at what's happening here in Todd Golden's first year in Gainesville. One, you can be impressed that he's he's coaxed a winning record through 13 in the SEC. He's got the Gators 7 and 6. They're just not very good, especially offensively. Now, they can play some defense. In large part, though, both of those units are led by the same guy. They are, as much as a team could be, a one-man team. I mean, I, I it, you hate to say that about any any operation, but if you had to, it's a one-man team. Colin Castleton averages 16 points, 8 rebounds. He's averaged 20 and 10 the last six games. He averages three blocks a game. Okay, that's going to hold up in the top 10 nationally. Offensively and defensively, he is the engine in a so-so body to begin with. And so Florida won last night against Ole Miss. Uh, Castleton's one of only two players on the entire team that Averaging double figures. Will Richard is Will Richard averages 10.3. Nobody else even in double figures. His three blocks a game, if you add up the rest of the roster and you total their blocks per game, it's 2.7. So he literally has more than half of the block shots that the that, that Florida has. He's a he's a 50% shooter from the field. He's a 72% foul uh, free throw shooter. That's among the best on the team. He is the heart and soul of a Gator basketball team that really again has cobbled it to be where they are. And they got some glaring bad defeats, but when it comes to matchups with other middle of the pack teams, you know, Florida's held their own. It's why they're 7 and 6 in the conference. Beat Georgia at home. They won at LSU. They beat Missouri at home. They they won at Mississippi State. They they crushed South Carolina. Had one nice upset over Tennessee. Stumbled against Vandy on Saturday, the kind of game they would normally win. Boy, had they. They'd be 8-5 and five right now in the league because they did beat Ole Miss last night by 15. But Colin Castleton broke his hand. He's out for the year, and with him, down goes the Gators' ship. Can you hold on and be an NIT team is a legitimate question. They're only 14-12 and 12 overall. They have... Five games left, all in the conference. They're at Arkansas, which is, you know, Arkansas started the year in the top 10. There's talent there. That's a tough place to play if you're a favorite. Then they have Kentucky. Then they're at Vandy, just beat them in Gainesville. And then they got to go to Georgia, who Mike White has Georgia on about the same spot right now that Florida sits. And then you finish with LSU. I mean, if you play your tail off without Colin Castleton, you may go two and three. Head off to the SEC tournament, probably one and done there, maybe win a game. But I think the NIT w- wouldn't be bad for this team. Look, I I think a little different when it comes to this stuff. When it comes to this, the lesser tournaments, the NIT, when it comes to the lesser bowl games, when it comes to following a pro team that's an eight seed, say in the NBA or is a, is a long shot in Major League Baseball, Sure, it matters. You want your team to win. But at the end of the day, you're a sports fan. For The main reason you're a sports fan is why? To watch your team play. So, yeah, I'll root for Florida to be good enough that they can get into the NIT. Does that prove anything from some flex? No, it doesn't. But it allows me to watch Florida basketball another two or three games, hopefully. So, 
at 14 and 12 overall. Now seven and six in the league. They got five left. If they could go two and three, that'd make them nine and nine in in the SEC, which I would say is an accomplishment. Now it's about getting personnel in there. Now it's about Todd Golden trying to become the second basketball coach in Gator history to slate on the recruiting truck because there's only been one other, and that was Billy Donovan. They've had plenty that have done okay, get guys here and there. You know, Mike White signed a couple, three top 10 level players while he's there, but you got to get them in bunches if you're going to compete with, you know, the best in the land. The best in the land in college basketball, by the way, was uh, Alabama. They're still number one, but we're on a record pace here, Shazam. Because if you go to the schedule from this year in in college uh, in college basketball, uh, we're suddenly on a record pace from this standpoint for the eighth time this year already. And this is historically in the history of the AP poll, eight times now this year, number one is lost. Eight times. Purdue's done it three times alone. Houston did it twice. Carolina did it twice. Now Alabama has fallen as the number one team in the country. They lose last night at Tennessee, and this is my Vegas always knows special. Alabama comes in 12-0. You guys have been paying attention to what Tennessee's been doing? Losing to Florida by double digits. Losing to Vanderbilt. Losing at home to Missouri. These are three of Tennessee's last four games. Alabama came in number one in the country. They had not lost in the SEC all year. It's not that Tennessee won the game. It's that Tennessee was favored by four. Favored by four. One by nine. Vegas always knows. Um, <laughs> I started today with have a day. That was kind of a new one, right? It's a, it's just struck a chord here on the text line with a few, but Mr. Ten... A text in today, a text on Design by Lifetime Enclosures. Have a day after beating Bama's sorry A when they are number one, and the Vols did it with two starters out. Bleep Bama, basically, in essence. That would be... Um, that would be a, a, the gist. Um, I've been reminded of something on the text line as well that I'm going to talk about right now because I, I we went to break talking about, like, Justin Fields and the suddenly curious case of you know, what are the Bears uh, thinking there? Um, now, we got to consider the source. This guy is a noted idiot. But he's found he's landed from CBS Sports to another platform, Jason Lacanfora, who's messed up a lot of stories through the years, but is reporting that there are general managers around the league who came out of the Senior Bowl, quote, fairly convinced Justin Fields will be traded. Fairly convinced? Hold on now. Justin Fields needs to improve as a passer. You bet he does. It was only 60% last year. In fact, Ryan Poles, the GM, is on record as saying that. He told reporters in January he wants to see Fields get better as a passer. 60.4%, 17 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. He wasn't horrible as a passer. He doesn't have a ton of weapons. His running backs seem to always be hurt. Couldn't tell you how good or bad the offensive line is. It is not time to abandon ship on Justin Fields. This is, 
But then on the text line, I'm reminded, is this not similar to a narrative we heard about Jalen Hurts last year at this time? Not quite as strong, but it was kind of, you better show us this year you're more than a, a dynamic runner. Hurts took his team to the Super Bowl. They they did not win. And so, again, is it fair to call Jalen Hurts a run first quarterback? I think it is. That doesn't, yeah. mean he, that doesn't mean he wants to run before he passes. It means he is more dangerous and better as a runner than a thrower. That's a more select group than the guys who can run, than Josh Allen or Russell Wilson. They're not run first guys. If they run, they can really hurt you. There's three or four in the league now through history that when they run, they may go to the house, right? Mike Vick, run first. Lamar Jackson, run first. Justin Fields, run first. Jalen Hurts, run first. He ran for 15 touchdowns this year. Like three quarters as many he threw for. Quarterbacks don't. Uh, do that. He showed it in the champion in the Super Bowl. He ran for three touchdowns. So there, there is a. There's got to be a breakthrough by one of these guys, or they're going to continually be doubted. How else can you explain what's going on with Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? Dude's an MVP. The team's winning percentage, regular season, you know, 30 percent better with Lamar Jackson than anybody who replaces him. A team leader, respected around the National Football League. But he's a run-first guy. And so that's why you see mock drafts that suggest maybe Lamar Jackson will be traded. You know, that, that rather than either franchise or work out a long-term deal, you trade with one of these teams and go get, go get your quarterback that way. Now, Lamar Jackson deserves to be held in a much higher regard than Justin Fields, right? I'm not sure Lamar Jackson after year two is much different than Justin Fields is after year two. I, If the Bears trade Justin Fields two years after drafting him, stealing him in the draft, quite frankly, and with the, the good signs that he has shown, he's shown a bunch of positive steps. Again, I'll remind everyone, don't go total revisionist. If you looked at quarterback rankings in the beginning of December, Justin Fields was consistently ranked higher than Trevor Lawrence whether by opinion or by QBR. So I, I can't imagine the, the Bears haven't felt that he'd fallen to the point where he's, you, you've determined you can't win with Justin Fields. I don't know if there's any other aspects or elements that go into this thing. You know, you never know what, what type of presence someone is. Sometimes you don't hear those things till later. I'm not suggesting at all. I don't mean to put that kind of label on Justin Fields, but you don't know Trey Young's a pain in the ass till you do. You don't know Kyler Murray's a pain in the ass till you do. So, you know, does any Bears opinion have anything to do with other than just strictly football development? And again, there have been no whispers or smoke to that. That's just something that, um, you know, pops into your mind a little bit. Um, but Fields, is, Fields' weaponry at this point it comes as a runner. And I believe there's a belief around the National Football League that even as you get good, if your quarterback can't throw it good, that's what just... That's what Jalen Hurts proved this year. Yes, he was still run first, but you saw the 46-yard touchdown to A.J. Brown in the Super Bowl. You saw the big plays over the course of the year. But it makes you wonder, if Justin Fields had A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, would we be having this conversation? I've been told that the Bears have a bottom five 
uh, offensive line uh, by rankings. I have to think that the receiver group would would rank, you know, bottom third at the very best. I think Mooney is a guy that could flash, but, you know, overall not great. I guess Fields also, with all the running, he's, he's got some injuries. I think all quarterbacks do. I mean, we saw Justin Herbert get surgery right after the season was over, but left shoulder, left hip among those, or left shoulder and a hip injury uh, among those things that have kind of uh, dogged uh, Justin Fields just a little bit. Look, I've always thought, even when Fields was outperforming during times, I've always thought Trevor was the pick. There was never any anything. It's it's. I mean, there, is there any doubt right now who the better NFL quarterback is and is going to be? Not to me. No, not a shred. And Justin Fields can go have a great career. I, Trevor different. He's different. And who knows, uh, Calvin Ridley? And I talked about the quote tears. That's not T E A R S, which we've cried a lot here through the years. I mean, tears as in levels. And we'll take a look at that in the 7 o'clock hour, just where the Jaguars now have themselves positioned versus in the past. All right, I'm going to let you hear from now these whiny Kansas City Chiefs from their parade yesterday. I got other news. Aaron Rodgers says fake news when it comes to his darkness retreat. Yeah, well, you be the judge. I've, I've got those comments when we come back on the other side as well. We'll tee up a football fix as we get you up and rolling. Have a day here on a custom tree surgeon's Thursday. A couple things here. A little housekeeping. We've got a drill speed trap alert to play. Uh, right now, um, you won't have that sexy feeling at all if you're headed up Southside Boulevard and you're between Regency and Hogan right here. You better just better keep those beats down. They're going to get you. There's not a worse way, I don't think. To, there's, well, maybe a couple that would mimic it. But getting getting pulled over and getting a ticket on your way to work would be just that would not be having a day. And don't yeah. don't be running late to work too. I'm telling uh. you, I'm telling you, have a day. That would include not getting a speeding ticket, and that's why we have the drill speed trap alert brought to you by Catlin Truck Accessories, um, radar detection, and every other accessory you need. It's Catlin Truck Accessories. Um, okay, so there's that. Uh, before we get to a football fix, this is kind of straddling the line. Uh, between the NFL and college football, so I'll just uh, let this one stand alone. But the car wash is back in operation. It's time to be Ken Wizenhunt taking his little stroll through the car wash. You guys know what the car wash is? Car wash is when you're a coach and you're accomplished. You're a former college head coach or maybe a former head coach in the National Football League. Doug Marone's been through the car wash. Will Muschamp's been through the car wash. Just I can't, Charlie. I can't. I've lost count of all the guys that have been through the car wash. The car wash is when you go to Alabama and you join Nick Saban's staff. You just wash away whatever's been going on, and now you're ready to shine when you drive it out on the road. Uh, former NFL coach Ken Wisenhunt. The groove of this era of music is. Pretty hot, if you ask me. I, I could vibe this all day. How does this not come back? How is this not? Uh, Wizen Hunt's name appeared. I got news for you. There's a little blonde-haired, blue-eyed, nine-year-old boy in Middle Tennessee who was watching Soul Train every weekend. It was a groove. Um... So, Ken Wisenhunt has now appeared in Alabama staff directory. Uh, Wisenhunt, former head coach of Arizona and uh, Tennessee Titans at one point. He had had an on-field role in the NFL, though, since 2019 after he finished four years as the Chargers offensive coordinator. So, 
been out of the game for a couple, three years, just go to the car wash, baby. Nick Saban will get you cleaned up and uh, ready for action. All right, let's move on to a football fix. So I brought to you this morning by me. I tried. I tried to at least have some understanding as how the the Chiefs could have maybe perhaps thought that they weren't given quite enough credit, right? And there were plenty that picked other teams to win the NFC West. Tyreek Hill left. They were an underdog in the Super Bowl. There, there are some little, some little facets, you know, some, that, that would fit the narrative. But they've just gone flat overboard now. And it's now officially obnoxious. And nothing can turn the objective sports fan against a dominant team like the parade. These dudes do things at the parades, any sport, that you're like, ah, I don't like that guy. I'm sick of this. You know, right? It's always something at the parade. There's somebody gets drunk and dances or somebody says something they shouldn't. I mean, Tom Brady's never been the same since he drunkenly about dunked the Lombardi Trophy in the bottom of the Tampa River. Right? They do dumb things. You don't, you run a risk at the parade of not showing well. Now, in this case, it's just strictly his words. But the emphasis in which he says them, I mean, bro, you're a first ballot Hall of Famer. Why do I say this? Because the immense respect everyone knows and has for you and your team. So while, yeah, I'm sorry that the entire nation didn't roll out the red carpet and hand you, the Chiefs, the Super Bowl back in the preseason, but let's at least keep it real, Travis Kelsey, yesterday at the Super Bowl. 2022 in the month of maybe April. Maybe. Guys were getting signed left and right. The haters were saying that the Chiefs would never make the playoffs. The haters were saying the Chiefs were done. If you knew the Chiefs were gonna win the division, let me hear you say, hell, all right now. Uh, I can't. I, that's enough. Stop it. <laughs> Knock it off. <sighs> there they are, ladies and gentlemen. Your never say die doormat underdog Kansas City Chiefs. Thank goodness the boys finally got to have a little success. I know it must have been hard for them these last couple of years. You know, just going to the AFC Championship game. We, we knew what a feeble unit you were. I mean, for pizza. Go find me anywhere in the preseason that didn't have the Chiefs as a playoff team. I get it. Russ went there, and, you know, there was these narratives about the AFC West, how good they were going to be. Come on, man. Settle down. By the way, did you hear about the Rihanna rule? No. Yeah, Andy Reid had a Rihanna rule. He said, oh, yeah, yeah. said any, any of you guys thinking about walking out and wa- checking out the halftime show, just, just keep walking. You ain't playing in this game. I mean, makes sense. Yeah, Mahomes brought that up on one of the late-night shows as he continues to make the rounds. It does make sense. You don't want, yeah, yeah, it makes total sense. In fact, last year, if you remember, the kicker, Evan McPherson, for the Bengals caught a lot of criticism because he stayed out and watched Dr. Dre and the gang do the halftime show while his guys were in the locker room. Yeah, not a good look at all. Uh, it's official. Calvin Ridley has, according to reports, applied for reinstatement. The The notion seems to be that Ridley's application will be accepted. So I would expect that it's smooth sailing and moving ahead. And what a piece to, to the offense that becomes as the Jaguars, you know, for the first time, don't rebuild. They just retool a little bit and accentuate <clears throat> rather than 
start over again. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. Um, DeMar Hamlin is is in a little bit of hot water. Adrian Peterson got at him. He's got a point. This is tone deaf a little bit. And this is not the second time DeMar Hamlin has gone tone deaf about an important topic for a lot of people who sincerely and, and legitimately and faithfully got on their knees and prayed for that young man, right? And he acknowledged the prayers and he has, and he, and has talked about that as an aspect of his life, but he's had a couple of missteps here. You know, one, he used basically a GD as an acronym. Or F, maybe it was, it was a F, maybe it was like LFG or something to the effect. It wasn't exactly yes, one of the two. I don't want to misspeak there. But now he wore a jacket there and basically had like a cartoonish, uh, stick figure-ish yeah. man on the cross. And I, he just didn't read the room. I don't think he meant it to be, you know, blasphemous. But that's exactly what a bunch of people called. And he has apologized for that. Uh, Adrian Peterson kind of took him uh, to task a little bit. You know, spare the rod guy. Need some lessons there. The Bears have purchased a 326-acre Arlington Park property as they continue to threaten to move out to the Burbs. If you've ever been to Chicago, Soldier Field just sits right there on Lake Michigan. Um, but, you know, again, in the, these tussles, these arm wrestling for getting the, the kind of community support financially and otherwise uh, that you want, they're making, you know, contingency plans, so... We shall see. That's football fix. You're welcome. It's got some tree searches Thursday. All right, coming up the 7 o'clock hour. We come back on the other side. You know, it's a have a day Thursday. And and when you when you get up today and the sun rises, it certainly is a rising on a much brighter forecast for our football team. And, and we've mentioned that's going to be noted in these off-season lists that, well, usually we don't acquit too well in. Right? You look at an off-season list around here, and it's just, just you know, just takes you that much, that many inches deeper into to depression because you realize how far away we are from being anything. That narrative flips, and so the first of many off-season evaluations, rankings, placements, uh, ESPN offered up by putting the NFL into tiers with certain categories. <clears throat> Jump into some, some of what we saw there when we come back on the other side. Thanks so much for being up, Adam, with us. We'll have uh, Doc Kevin Murphy coming up at the 7 o'clock hour. We'll have the 10-minute drill. We hit some of the other headlines from the sports world. Uh, Cat Chat joins us today. He'll work a little OT. As we uh, relive a little bit of last week's uh, festivities here where the sounds of ripping flesh echoed through the studio. This is the drill. It's a custom tree surgeon's Thursday. All right, back here on the drill. It's custom tree surgeon's Thursday. Dan Hicken off to see the boss. We got the boss of content here this morning. I got just I got more good stuff that I'm gonna get in. I want interesting items from golf. I would get into today. We got Matt Every gonna sit in with us tomorrow from eight to ten. Uh, in addition to you know some other stuff uh, that we'll chat it up with him. But uh, Matt's unfiltered and will give us kind of a good update on where things stand. You know he did a podcast. He's doing this podcasting now straight down the middle ish. Uh, take a listen. It's good stuff. But he had Cam Smith on. We'll play a clip of that and kind of get Matt's uh, thoughts on what was Jacksonville's favorite son when it came to golf, at least currently. Um, and some other. He's uh, he's, he's got, always got good stories. Uh, Matty does. And 
He's been busy this early golf season. So uh, glad to have him in with us tomorrow. Uh, I kind of started today with uh, the, the message, have a day. Go have a day today, man. Knock that presentation out of the ballpark. Slay him in that meeting. Get that job or promotion you're up for. Make that money over time today. Let the sun shine down on your face. If you're golfing, get a get, go make a birdie for me. If you're fishing, catch them all. Have a day from the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Good morning. Papa G here. I'm certainly having a day. I woke up to a broken coffee pot. My dog pooped on the carpet, and my car won't start. Whew. Thank goodness my radio still works. Well, well, thank you there, Papa G. At least you're having at least that portion of the day. Um, uh, also, we we do kind of have, the, you know, we're talking about the Chiefs, and they're just like so loudly and boldly playing this. Nobody thought we could do it. Look, let's be clear about one thing, what the media has become, the, the prevalence of it, and everyone trying to make their hot take, right? So you go on ESPN, and they offer up 25. Seriously, I mean, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating the number, but by the time you go through all of their different talk shows with players and former players and the analysts that they've hired and the, and the Stephen A's and the Jalen, just down the line, you can find Bart Scott, who has said some really ridiculous things. We've pointed him out a couple of times over the course of this year, which is, I don't even remember what they were, but they were way off base. Like way off base. Oh, I remember one. It was T. Higgins' fault when DeMar Hamblin got hurt. Remember that one? Remember that Jim from Bart Scott? Horrible. And he had a bad, I remember referencing the previous bad one he had when we talked about that one. But meanwhile, he there he is. And again, understand that the, the ESPN puts these guys on and they ask him these questions and you've got to come up with an answer. Sometimes you might not even believe it yourself, but Bart Scott's hot take was that the Chiefs will miss the playoffs this year. So maybe that's what Kansas City was so gripping about. Um, but th- this notion that we don't know what the Chiefs are. Here, here's a double take for you. Let's take another look at just what the Chiefs were this year and what they culminated. And when you are this, you were never any kind of underdog perceived or otherwise. And you football players are all smart enough to know that after 21 games that you're good. You know you're good, and everyone who plays you knows you're good. I don't know what you're talking about. But the uh, double take brought to you by Dailies. Oh, that coffee is ground fresh. That's a good way to start your day with some of that locally sourced, freshly ground, everyday coffee. Uh, varieties to choose from. Got those delicious biscuits piled high for you. Specials going on those all the time. So it's not just these great sandwiches we tell you about at Dailies and the Dash. It's uh, the breakfast fair there, just, you know, Multitask. You got to stop in for some other reason. That's me snapping my fingers at myself, ET. By the way, I hate doing that. Let's bring the. Is it rude to snap? Sometimes I'm trying to get your attention. Some people take a snap as rude. It depends on the yeah. situation. Like, okay. I, I'm not taking it rude. Yeah, understand. If I ever do that, it's just because you're turning the other way right. and I don't. Okay. Yeah. Because I get that. That can be kind of. If you're in a hallway yeah. trying to talk. Sure. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just came up. We're open book here, man. Yeah, we, we are. We peel back the curtain on this show. You're not getting that anywhere else. Oh, unfiltered. We are. Anyway. Yeah, these are these poor, downtrodden Chiefs. This season, the Chiefs became the fourth team in NFL history to record over 7,000 total yards in a season. That's what they went into the postseason as. And then they went to become the first of those teams to win the Super Bowl. The other ones, 2011, the Saints... 
74-74, went 13-3, and did not win the Super Bowl. The 2013 Broncos, 73-17 in yards, 13-3, no Super Bowl. The Rams in 2000, 7,075, 10-6, no Super Bowl. This year's Chiefs, 7,032 yards, went 14-3. The 84 Dolphins, by the way, just missed. They went 14-2. The young Dan Marino, almost 7,000 yards, 69-36. Uh, they, too, did not win the Super Bowl that year, though. So, um, yeah. Sorry, Chiefs. We're not buying it. In fact, let's get to the story that we first brought up early in the 6 o'clock hour. And, you know, the fun thing about applying national stories now to the Jaguars is because we hold up a lot better. We're like we're legitimately in the conversations. I said this earlier. These are the, the tiers, the categories that ESPN broke down yesterday in sorting the teams from 1 to 32. You have at the very top still major contenders. We know who those are, right? That's going to be the Bills, the Bengals, the Chiefs, the Niners, probably the Eagles, but at least those four need a postseason breakthrough. Well, we don't. First of all, still major contenders. That ain't us. We've done it one year, nine and eight. I need a postseason breakthrough. That's not us either. As mentioned, when the Jags make the playoffs, we pay it off. Headed on the right track. That sounds like where we should land. We'll see in a second. But the other categories, in a comfortable spot despite a losing season. There are certainly teams like that. This is more of a blip than it was, uh, you know, the start of a trend. Stuck in quarterback purgatory. Yeah, we've been there. Time to reassess the state of the franchise. Yep. New coach, new direction. Yeah, three or four times. And finally, major rebuild in the works where we would most likely continue to fall normally. But those bottom four categories is where we have stayed all along. I will jump back to who. Actually, let's go down the list because this in a, in, in a roundabout way is also going to provide a bit of a power ranking, but without a number next to it. Before we do, I see you eating the cake in there. That was a that, that, I had a devilish trip to the commissary in Uh-oh. the break. Here's Uh-oh. why. Oh, I had to go turn the coffee pot on. I got to go okay. get me got to get me another cup of coffee here. Get right. that Java juice running. And I walk in, and the first thing I see, which I know is there already, because E.T. has brought this big piece of birthday cake, you know, into the studio earlier this morning. Breakfast champion said he found it down there in the kitchen. Sure did. And we know this fight with food that I've been in now since the middle of November. And I, for the most part, I've stayed away from, you know, from those kinds of things. I've, you know, I've done a good job. I kind of watched the preview there. I would still not call myself fit and trim, but nonetheless, I've dropped some. Preview to the Guggen Hoops that, do- that uh, drops later today. A little disappointed watching that from that standpoint. Anyway, 15 pounds, 20 pounds is 20 pounds, E.T., either way you go. So, point being, I, listen, one long ago, I'd have been down there with a, a slice of that cake literally the size of a brick in your house. Big old piece. I got to skip that. Then I do. Then I went to my next stop when I go in there as I wait for the coffee pot to warm up. I opened up the fridge, took a little peek. We all do that. We talked about that yesterday. I did, too. Yeah, I got to open that up. Well, I open that up. What do I see? A big old crystal bag in there. If you don't think that I couldn't throw about eight crystals in the microwave and have them eaten in the break, you would be mistaken. I'm staying away from the What crystals. I would do right, well, they're not my crystals, first of all, so I would never get into them. But if I still see them. It makes me crave them and want them. But what I wouldn't do right now for about six crystals and a big piece of cake. Oh, that sounds good. 
Now I'll have some water. Coffee. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> he laughs. Just laughs at his boy. <laughs> All right, here, uh, that top category, still major contenders. We know who those are, right? Buffalo, still a major contender, not going anywhere. For sure. They, You know, they add kind of like a what's next for some of these teams. If you want to go to ESPN and look this up, do a little digging, you'll find it. Uh, actually, looks like it, it dumped a couple nights ago. Uh, but the Bills, the Bengals, another one we said, the Chiefs, there they are. Hey, you see that, Chiefs? You're the favorites to win the Super Bowl, and you're in the upper tier, so you, you get to a parade next year, spare us. Chiefs are in that category. Eagles, they do put in that category. I guess if you go to the Super Bowl and you've been in the playoffs two straight years and you got the second, the quarterback second in MVP voting, second team All-Pro, a coach who's done nothing but win since you got there, yeah, that's fair. Keep them in the still contending. And the 49ers, but that's it. Only five teams in that still major contender category. You go to the next one, and I'm not necessarily sure that the teams that fall into this category, this tier, I'm not sure they're necessarily better than the Jaguars, or you think their chances are better than the Jaguars. But the Jags can't fall into a need a postseason breakthrough. They've they've had they had one in their first year last year. They that what a breakthrough it was from 27 nothing down. But there are other teams that for years have been trying to you know bust through that that ceiling a little bit and have some postseason success. We have talked about the Dallas Cowboys. Now they have not been to the Super Bowl in 25 years. Haven't won a ton of playoff games in that time. What is it, like three or four? Since they beat the Steelers after the 95 season, Dallas has only been to the postseason, you know, five, six times, times, and only one, two or three games. So, yeah, that certainly uh, would qualify. Uh, The Minnesota Vikings, that's another good one. Like, for a team that's good and wins division, they just won 13 games, the fact that you're not in the still a contender category says something, doesn't it? So only two teams in that category. I'm not sure that I wouldn't rather have the Jags chances for this year than the Vikings for sure. Cowboys, I don't know. Now you got the headed on the right track. And what a marvelous jump up in stature this is because you do find the Jacksonville Jaguars in the headed on the right track category. Uh, Along with the Ravens, the Chargers, the Dolphins, the Lions, the Giants, and the Steelers, who somehow did it again and managed, managed to be over 500 last year at 9-8. and eight. So, when it comes to heading in the right direction, yeah, that certainly applies uh, for the Jaguars. And, and I would say, again, who do I want to be? The Jags or the Chargers? We just beat the Chargers. Who do I want to be? The Jags or the Ravens? I, we beat them, and I'll take, I, I would like our chances there. Jags or Lions? Well, in fairness, we, that Band-Aid, you know, stayed on for a couple, three weeks after the whooping we took there. Uh, the Dolphins, you know. Dolphins, God, that's an odd one, isn't it? Because Tua was so good when he was healthy and rocking and rolling. You forget where their offense was. And, right. I mean, Tua was getting whispers of MVP. like an MVP, MVP candidacy. And when he started with the concussions and their quarterback situation went to pot, it's it's hard to make too many definite determinations about what we saw out of Miami uh, last year. But here's what they say about the Jags. Again, just for giggles, we'll go down to these cellar dwellers where we have been for so many years, but about the Jaguars who find themselves in this collection of top seven or eight teams, 
right? We had five in the still contending. We had two more in the need of postseason uh, breakthrough. And then on the headed on the right uh, track uh, category, it's, you know, made up of a bunch of teams that made a breakthrough last year or are pretty consistent playoff contenders. About the Jags and their new spot in the high rise, a reminder, we're $22 million over the cap. Now, that cap's going to go up. They're going to make some salary restructures. They'll they'll waive some people. You know, this isn't like, oh, the Jags can't do anything but sit on their hands this offseason. But yet, it's a number they're going to have to manage. Do have another heavy draft load this year with nine draft picks in 2023. Here's what they write. What's next? Jacksonville is built for sustained success. With quarterback Trevor Lawrence in the middle of a rookie contract and plenty of key players under contract, the Jaguars must now decide whether they're comfortable paying free agent tackle Jawan Taylor, who should have a strong market. This was the column I was referencing yesterday when we talked about how mixed the messaging seems to be on potential interest in Jawan Taylor. You can find top 50, top 100 lists that don't have him on it. Uh, Pro Football Focus had him 35th. Uh, So somewhere between there, but it doesn't look like he's going to be like that top 10, top 20 free agent that just... They throw some money. The amount of money that he's going to be offered may keep the Jaguars, you know. There may have been a little bit of comfort in believing that you were going to get outpriced on Jawan Taylor. And now you kind of get lured back into, well, am I really outpriced? And there's this reality of then you have a very good player, Walker Little, who again for the third year will be sitting. I, I can't re-sign Jawan Taylor, man. I got to spend that money. If I'm going to spend that money on a free agent, it's going to come from a guy who can get to the quarterback. Or at least roll that dice. So, there's no guarantees in that. We keep bringing guys in in free agency, and none of them seem to get to the quarterback very regularly. Arden Key is a nice piece, but Arden Key had four and a half sacks. It's not what you're looking for from a for impact. You know, it's good. You get maybe maybe there's a few games in the year where you have impact. You guys give you impact every game, and hopefully some involvement of the young players. Uh, uh, They go on to say they have cap uh, cap issues that they can't sort out through contract restructures. The Jags lost multiple defensive linemen to free agency and will replenish there, possibly through the draft. And re-signing tight end Evan Ingram will be a priority. He's revived his career in Jacksonville, catching 73 passes in 2022. That sounds like a pretty honest summation of where the Jags are. That sounds pretty, that sounds pretty honest, right? That sounds, sounds pretty on point, right? We think that Ingram is a priority. We think there's a decision to be made on Taylor, but a strong market could affect that. We think the Jags are built for sustained success with Trevor in the middle of a rookie deal and now playing like a like one of the better quarterbacks in the league. So that's pretty spot on, and all that equals a team in much better standing and position that, that we have been. Now, I briefly touched on this earlier. While we have these many celebrations this offseason about how much better we are viewed Power rankings is one indication. We've said Jags have been top 10 in in just about any power ranking you look at. Well, here's the other side of that. In a comfortable spot, despite a losing season. Now, would you or could you argue that maybe the Titans should be in that category? That's the next one. In a comfortable spot, despite a losing season. That is fair. After that, lower than that is stuck in quarterback purgatory. And lower than that is time to reassess the state of the franchise. 
Which one of those three would you say the Titans are in? You could argue all three of them, I believe. Yeah, but I would say like the one that you said. Okay, uh, in a comfortable spot despite a losing season. Uh-huh. Now, as Jag fans, let's hope that's not where they are. Right. We want our division opponents, as they've been in the power rankings, low. We want them to show up as a disaster here as well. So here are your in a comfortable spot despite a losing season teams. The Browns. I think you expect to get a jump from De- Deshaun Watson, right? We saw the rust of being out all uh-huh. that time. He was not Deshaun Watson at all. It's to be a big year for him and them. The Green Bay Packers. Now, I don't know if they're in a comfortable spot. You have all this angst over your quarterback and the darkness retreat that he's on. The darkness retreat. That's your quarterback. Solitary this offseason. How you feeling? Feeling good about that? Good grief. Aaron Rodgers weighed in on the uh, darkness retreat. Apparently, he's not happy, by the way, with the way it's being portrayed. He's not entered darkness yet. We are among those that were fooled. We told you yesterday, in fact, we went through the yoga exercise to join him. Uh, He was very much in the light as he joined from his Malibu home, his normal Tuesday appearance on the Pat McAfee show a couple days ago. It led the quarterback to spend several minutes blasting a report that claimed he was beginning his darkness retreat on Monday. Bro, it's not our beef when it begins. Sorry we got it wrong. We were, quote, in the dark on that one. Rodgers attracted more attention than ever after announcing last week he was going to go on a four-day darkness retreat in total isolation. He said could possibly be filmed. Said that he said the retreat would hopefully lead him to a closer decision about his playing future while also uh, letting him try another new method to clear his mind. Along with the mind-altering ayahuasca, he did not add. He didn't specifically say when he was entering his one-room darkened house as teams wait on whether he'll play a 19th NFL season. Ian Rappaport reported over the weekend that the retreat would start on Monday. Rodgers blasted that reporting claiming he didn't change his plan. Anyone with knowledge opposite of that is fake news. He says it will begin later this week, which may be today, maybe tomorrow, as it's been planned for four months. My man is going into solitary confinement where they will serve him his food through the slat in the door like he's at Rikers or at Duval County Jail in total darkness, What it, like, he, like he shivved a guard over the weekend, we're going to throw him in the hole for four days. He's doing this on purpose. He needs to clear his mind. Oh, by the way, I'll add, he's got, what, $100 million? Here's an idea. Fly to Maui. Climb the top of a coconut tree. Stare out at the big ball of fire rising up over the Pacific, or in this case, uh, depending on which side, falling down into it. I don't know. Give it a whirl. Just give it a try. Uh, So I don't know about the Packers in that category. We digress. Okay, good. No Texans, no Titans, no Colts. You could have almost put the Colts in that losing season, but still. But no, no. All right. Stuck in quarterback purgatory. You could put the Titans there. You don't know what Malik Wills is going to do. We're not uh, sold. You could put the Colts there. They're going to get a young one. You don't know. And the Texans pretty much have been in purgatory since Deshaun said, I ain't playing. But the teams in stuck in quarterback purgatory, the Falcons, the Raiders, the Saints, the Jets, and the Bucks, and the Commanders, and the, that's it. 
as our AFC South rivals fall further and further into the muck that we've been faced down in for years. Time to reassess the state of the franchise. This has got to be Titans. Don't you trust the Titans bounce back, especially with Henry more than you would the culture that are the Texans, right? Yeah. They've got to appear first on this list. If have to, yeah. All right, time to reassess the state of the franchise. You got the Rams, you got the Patriots, and there are the Titans. But we've gone way down through the teams now. Spoiler alert, in the the power ranking I looked at this morning, the Jags were 10, the Titans were 24, the Colts were 30, and the Texans were 32. Hmm. That'll offset that first place schedule we play. New coach, new direction. We throw uh, the Colts in that. So that at least they get the new direction hope. The Texans don't even get that, even with people as excited as they are about D'Amico Ryans. No, they are still in the major rebuild in the works category. Only two teams are in it, the Bears and the Texans. Let's come back and take a wider view of the sports world. We call it the 10-minute drill. Uh, We'll serve up some of the headlines from the uh, sports world. Get you ready for Doc Kevin Murphy coming up later this hour. Uh, Cat Chat uh, gives a little OT today. Uh, Dan Hicken is uh, born in the USA, so he's hopped in his pink Cadillac. He's headed to Austin, Texas where Bruce Springsteen is performing uh, at some point over these uh, next couple of days. If you got the Bruce Springsteen references there, you were ahead of E.T. D- didn't blink through either of those two song references. All right, this is The Drill. It's a custom tree searches Thursday on 1010XL. From the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, we may have a new hook into Cat Chat in just a little bit. I have not taken the time to confirm this. Top of my head, it seems right. I don't think there's a ton of teams that fit into this category. We're from the text on designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Good morning, guys. So I've heard that no team with a mascot of a cat has ever won a Super Bowl. If this is true, and if so, can the Jags be the very first? All right, so you got Bengals. You got Panthers. You got Lions. And then in Jags, is that it? Is that the only four? I mean, there aren't that many cats out there. Yeah, Bengals are the tiger. You got tigers, lion, you got a jaguar, you got a panther. No mountain lions, right? I haven't missed that one. Yeah, no, that's that's Denver mountain lions. (laughs) Yeah, that's accurate. That sounds accurate. But I think part of I will say this. There is kind of a, there's a yucky undertone to this. I mean, think about this. Until the Latin, until Burrow, you know, for much of my life, the, the Bengals, the Jags, the the Lions, especially, have been terrible. Yeah, they, they were all trash. <laughs> right, the Lions are a team that's never been to the Super Bowl. The Lions and Jags are from the Cat family. They've never been. At least the Panthers and Bengals have been a few times. But, yeah, that's interesting. All right, I'm going to start. I don't have a quickie poll, okay? I'm not on, not on the social media, so I can't offer up some fancy schmancy uh, quickie poll or or poll of the day like Dan would do it about this time. Um, but I'm going to do a little exercise with you, E.T. The only parameters you have on this exercise is you're not allowed to look at anything. We're just going to talk. I bet. And we're kicking around. You know, I don't want you to jog your memory or search for your answers. All I just right. want you to give me what comes to mind, top of the head, when I ask you this, okay? Ready? And this is a subject that you're versed in, so this, this you're not going to, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll acquit. Bet. Right? Who are the best three players in the NBA? Who are the top three players in the NBA? Jokic. All right. It's over. You won. Oh, okay. You won. You said Jokic. <laughs> I'm just waiting. You know, I'm waiting to hear uh, Giannis and KD and 
you know, John Morant or right. those are players you know, I, I the, really like. Yeah, but, they're all good guys. But the best this guy, Jokic, to this still just doesn't get his due, man. Oh, not enough, man. And I bring this up because of this. I bring this up because I'm watching uh, Sports Center with Van Pelt, and he's got Tim Legler on for some NBA analysis. And you know, again, spoiler alert out there: if it's just a generic game, I would say NBA is my second favorite sport. If I'm choosing among this, I'm talking about a generic game. I'm not saying I'd watch the Braves over the Hawks. You know, I for my team, the NBA wouldn't win out. But if I'm watching a generic game between two middle of the pack teams, it, this would include college football as well. It's the NFL, and then it's NBA. I'd rather watch Memphis play Minnesota than I would watch the White Sox play the Twins or, you know, the, the uh, Oklahoma State play Kansas. You know, whatever. Just give me an average game. It, it would be um, NBA. But I, I'm watching those guys last night, and, and the question came up because, you know, Denver has the best record in the NBA, and the question came up, you know, why aren't they? No one's really picking Denver to win. They're not the choice. Everyone's on the Suns now. And they thought it was like pushback against Jokic. And I didn't understand what they meant by that. Like, what does that mean? Like, people don't really believe in him or they don't like him because of how ugly he plays? It is amazing. You know what Jokic is? Jokic is like an eight-year-old who goes viral on TikTok because he weighs 212 pounds, but he does things on the floor you can't believe. Right, yep, yep. Right, he ain't smooth. He just, I mean, you watch the guy play and it's, it's. Hey, stop it. It's it's crazy. It's so crazy. He's won two MVPs. He's oh, won two MVPs. He might be so on his way matters. to his third. All right, let's uh, knock out the 10-minute drill this morning. Uh, the ET's got some more topics to run by. It's Doc Kevin Murphy standing by in the on-deck circle, so we'll keep you rolling here on a custom tree surgeons Thursday. What do you got? Kind of similar to what um, the text line brought up about the, the Cats to win the Super Bowl. Okay. The last 17 quarterbacks to lose – or t- the last 17 quarterbacks to lose their Super Bowl debut have not made it back. Oof. And, like, because we always talk about, like, we say the, the And you're not saying didn't win. You're saying didn't make it back. Did not make it back to the Super Bowl. So, there's Jalen Hurts. Yeah. All right. Before him. Burrow. Joe Burrow. Yeah. Before him, Garoppolo. Yeah. Jared Goff. Matt Ryan. Cam Newton. Colin Kaepernick. Rez Grossman. Matt Hasselbeck. Donovan McNabb. Jake DeLome. Rich Gannon. So, we're way past anybody who's even eligible for that. The right. only guy who's even eligible, Hurts and Burrow, will put that to the test. Garoppolo, Jared Goff. Garoppolo, yeah. I don't think but, we. I don't think any of us think Jared Goff's going back to the Super Bowl. Right. But, I, I mean. You never know. We didn't think Detroit would be 9-8 and eight either. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, that's. Well, so maybe it's good we haven't been. <laughs> Although, we would have been with a different quarterback. So, um, I, yeah, I, I, that sounds more coincidence. I mean, that sounds like you catch teams on a, on a heater and they're not as good so their team doesn't stay around. Right, there've been, but the debut right. Peyton won his first one and then lost the second right. one. Right, it's the other way around, and then won his third one, the third one he was in. Well, uh, Joe Burrow, I would bet good money, could have something to say about that. Absolutely. Burrow or Hurts, who would you take to win the Super Bowl first? Burrow. Yeah, I don't know. If Even though Hurts got a little easier path for now, right, it changes for now, right? it changes fast. But man, it sure seems like that nucleus of young quarterbacks in the AFC gonna make it harder for. For Burrow. Yeah, another interesting stat. We're full of over-prepped. I told you guys when we started, I'm over-prepared. We got him. We got him. We got more information than I can get out in four hours. We're not repeating a ton of stuff. We are just <laughs> chock full. I told you. On my drive-in this morning, and I kind of like to do this, I kind of like to take players from one sport and kind of compare them to others. For example, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady. Okay. Right? LeBron James. Is he, is that Pat Mahomes-ish right now? I think 
well, there's a lot of similarities. All the trips to at least your conference. Cha- well, LeBron was even in the finals for like eight, nine years in a row uh-huh. at one point, wasn't he? Right. I think LeBron still is a little bit above Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes is certainly on that track. He wins every year. He's winning MVPs. His team wins overall titles. In some ways, Mahomes is ahead of LeBron, right? Because right. he, he won on his own early with the team that he uh, debuted with. But I think you're complimenting Patrick Mahomes if you say that. Okay. Okay. Well, what do you think about this? Kobe Bryant, Joe Montana. Kobe Bryant, Joe Montana. That's an interesting one for me, having seen both those guys in their prime. Never got to see Joe play. Yeah, see, I did. Uh, Joe was more of a – and I did it with numbers, but he was just more of a kind of a quiet, steady – you never heard him talk much. He – game manager was not fair, but he's throwing to Jerry Rice and John Taylor, and he just didn't make mistakes, whereas Kobe to me is a flashier me first, which is not terrible in basketball – like statistical monster, and Montana was never that. Okay. So that one, to me, of the three, would be a little further off. But either way. We had a poll qualifying last night at Daytona. This dude, Alex Bowman, is money when it comes to the Daytona poll. He's won the Daytona poll. Show of hands if you're a casual NASCAR fan, you even know who Alex Bowman is. I think he's won six or seven times in his, in his career, but he drives for a good team. He's won the poll at Daytona for the third time. Three times now he's won the poll, including last year. Uh, Chase, Chase Briscoe starts off pole, and then y'all remember, well, we get the duels, and that will set the rest of the order um, when they start the, the race on Sunday. But there was one name up in there that I was really interested in. Y'all aware Jimmy Johnson's coming back to NASCAR? Yeah, Jimmy Johnson, who stepped away for a couple of years. These guys can't give it up, man. Like, we talk about Tony Stewart. He's going back to race, you know, hot rods, um, um, drag, drag racers. But, yeah, Jimmy Johnson... Um, used to drive 48. That that car is now you know driven by someone else, and so he drive. I think 84. I think he mirrored it 84. But he finished 24th in qualifying. Jimmy Johnson's won the Daytona 500. I want to say three or four times. I think. I know he won. He won as many titles. Didn't he end up tied with Dale Earnhardt all time? I'm asking that <laughs> hypothetically. I'm not asking. I know that's not your group. <laughs> anyway, that's 10 minute drill. Uh, I. The rest of the content, I'm going to keep to myself until I overburden you with that later. We are content heavy today, friends. So thanks for being up at Adam with us here. It's a Custom Tree Surgeons Thursday. Let's take a look at the injury situation around the league. Doc Kevin Murphy in studio with us when we return on this Custom Tree Surgeons Thursday. But uh, as you know by now, it's like, um, you know, Pavlov's bell. You listen to ETN, you get a prize pack. So ringy, ringy, ring, ring, ring. Uh, there we go. What are we giving away today, E, to caller number four? A pair of boogity boogity, man. I got oh. a pair of tickets to the Beef is West for Dinner 300 Xfinity okay. Series race at Daytona International That's Speedway. That's Saturday, I believe, isn't it? This Saturday okay. at one thirty. Yeah. Holla at your boy. Yeah, and Daytona is one of those, by the way, that they a lot of the guys drop down and they'll race. They want to get a lay of the land. They want to get some laps around the Speedway. So some of the upper tier, not some of the upper tier drivers drive both all year, but more of the upper tier drivers will drop down and race that. Uh, that series at Daytona than they would at, say, some other places. So, okay, I call number four. It's on us. You'll be going uh, boogity, boogity, boogity to Daytona on Saturday. Up next with Doc Murphy, this is The Drill. All right, you know what that music means? We are going to a concert. No, we're going inside the injury report with Doc Kevin Murphy, uh, formerly drums of the Dropkick Murphys. A lot of people don't know that. But it almost with your Forrest Gump-like existence. It wouldn't surprise me if you just unleashed that on me one day. Doc's, Doc is classic for this. Well, yeah, I guess I didn't tell you. I was I was on the shuttle that went to the moon. Like, he learns these amazing things about Doc just, oh, sidebar, you know? How you doing, my man? I'm doing well. Yeah. Um, 
Well, here he is, Tiger Woods, going to play golf. I, I will say this. I, I, the more I, I, I look in and feel about this, the more I think he, if he wasn't the major sponsor, if this wasn't his tournament, I question whether or not he'd be playing. He hasn't played a regular season golf event since December of 2020. It's been 800 and something days. He's tried to play a couple of majors. He's played the PGA, the match, tried to do some other stuff. You know, some before, some after that, that catastrophic lower leg injury that he had. So I don't know if this is a real indication. I, I do know that he, he played yesterday's practice round without a limp for the most part, maybe a little more pronounced on the back nine. I, you know, we know what the injury, for, well, let's remind folks just what that injury was. I will say this when it comes to Tiger. It used to move the needle if Tiger were in the field. I, I feel like we're over that grift a little bit. I don't think Tiger really catches anyone's attention until maybe he makes a cut this weekend or he gets in contention. But this natural excitement and you know, and tuning in more because Tiger is playing. I think he's going to have to give us some results before we think it's anything more than just a, you know, hello appearance. So take us back to when he injured that leg because I did find it interesting that he is strictly categorizing it as an ankle injury. It's the ankle that bothers him and the ankle um, that's going to give him the most trouble. And we know that it was a leg injury. So explain to folks why it's just strictly an ankle injury for him now. Well, it's probably not just that, but he's feeling it there. You know, he had a tib-fib fracture so the tibia the two bones in the lower leg and his shin broke and they actually penetrated through the skin so it was an open fracture which is significant and they can get infection uh, is the biggest risk you know a lot of soft tissue damage um, but once the bone heals which it predictably does uh, it's maybe a little shortened in length or a little bit off angle so he'll have some different uh, mechanics of his knee and particularly his ankle and he did have an ankle injury as well. But the, those bones heal predictably well. The ankle, he had an impact injury there as well, and he injured probably the articular cartilage, the dome of the ankle joint. And so when he bears weight on that, it's going to be painful and swell, and that's probably more the issue um, long-term for him. So that's really what he's dealing with is a, is a chronic arthritic ankle at this point. Does, I, I remember you telling us specifically, once it's healed, it's healed. It's not going to get any better. Right. Does that – that doesn't preclude you from maybe going through a good stretch where things feel okay. Like for many of us that have had, you know, nagging injuries, maybe this is more than nagging, but have had injuries. You know, you have your good days and your bad days. Is it possible with the state of that that injury that he can go four days of walking six or seven miles and feel good? Uh, good's a relative term, but I think he's going to know it's different than the other side always. But, yeah, as we were talking in the break, inflammation and inflammatory problems can can flare up. If you aggravate it and if he's, you know, gotten a point in his, his uh, workout where his strength is up to speed and he's able to get through it. But, you know, when he plays 18 holes four days in a row, it's very unlikely that he's not going to be limping and have some issues. Yeah. Well, he says, I'm rusty, but I wouldn't play if I didn't think I could win. I don't know if the phrase wouldn't have been better said, I wouldn't play if this weren't my event that I host every year. The irony, though, is this is where he had the accident. He wasn't oh, playing them. He was at this Genesis. He was oh, there as the host for the weekend. It happened the Monday after because he was going to be out shooting some playing golf with Tiger Woods with some, you know, some celebrities from other sports. And it was either going to or leaving that golf course out there in that area is where it happened. So wow. he returns um, to, to the – now he's returned to the playing field, but he hasn't – I mean, you've watched him. You're a sports fan. We, we saw – if you saw a little bit of that Thanksgiving, if you didn't, you're excused. But when he's – showed up at these majors. He's not been able to get any kind of consistency going. And, um, but I, I do believe this. If, is this the extent of it? It's not worse unless there's another injury. 
Right, as we said, the, well, the ankle can progress if you have arthritis. It can't get worse. But it's this is you know it, it's a steady state where he is now. Even with all the unbelievable up-and-coming golfers and there being more people on the planet right now than any time in history that can shoot 66 today if they went and put it in the ground, I still think that that old codger will find a way to get his ball around at 54 somewhere, play through the – just figure out, okay, I, here's my new swing. I'm just going to lift up off my left foot. when I, He'll do something. I feel like there's – I think we got at least one more burst of magic. I don't think it's this week, by the way, but uh, just saying. Interesting to see him back. It was kind of a shock. Were you surprised when you heard he was playing? I really was surprised. I was too. He, it seemingly he had, he had, you know, kind of announced that he wasn't going to play again. He was just going to do – charity things with his kid and so forth, and now he's out again. So A couple of uh, off-season uh, surgeries in the NFL. Justin Herbert got the left shoulder. We may have briefly touched on that last week. Lane Johnson going to have surgery either today or tomorrow for a torn abductor. Um, apparently did it during the course of the season. I mean, we got, we got some tough guys playing this game. They don't say a thing. You don't even know it's on the injury report. But when you see a guy head off to surgery within a couple of weeks after the season, assuming you didn't seem carted off that day, should you have a little extra tip of the cap? Or sometimes are these not things that maybe are debilitating you, but it's just something you need to get cleaned up? Oh, I think you're right. These are things that have nagged these guys throughout the season, and they played through it and nutted through, and, and now it's like, hey, fix me. And you'll see more of these. Uh, I haven't heard any of the Jags thus far on that list of people that want to get the kind of cleanup surgeries, as they call them, kind of tighten things up what leads to a cleanup surgery? is there a most common cause of a cleanup surgery say you get cleanup surgery on your shoulder your ankle your knee what what typically are you doing in that process usually it's knees you hear about it that this guy's got old meniscus tears and they start to wear the end of the bone cartilage so they get a little they may have a little loose pieces just some wear and tear fragmentation of the cartilage floating around in there that that makes their knee swell and you go in after the season and and touch things up and smooth the cartilage out and that you know, minimizes their symptoms. It doesn't make it all go away, but it, it you know it gets them kind of a refresh for the next season. Uh, in the uh, course of your studies through the years, you got an A plus plus in anatomy, the abductor. Where exactly is that injury taking place? I'm thinking of an offensive lineman who's in a crouch. He's lifted up. He's in a crouch. He's turning to the left and the right. I I would think that an abductor comes into play a lot at his position. Yeah, that's that whole core type problem and. You see a lot of that. Lyman sports uh, hernia is that the same yeah, kind of thing it, we're talking it, about? That term has kind of gone away. Now it's the core injury. It's okay, ne- it's a nebulous area. What happens in injuries. a core injury then? Or, or her- I mean, what you heard when you were a kid? If you had a hernia, something popped out your stomach. Well, what what really is going on? Well, that's the extreme okay. event where you'd have that, but it's it's these oblique muscles in, in, in that attach into the pelvis that you injure. And and you know it's not necessarily it, it tore off the bone and you can't play, but it, it causes pain. And which is why you see these surgeries. You reattach them postseason. No, it hasn't torn off. Okay. So if it does, you reattach. There's a surgery absolutely. to do that. Yeah. And it comes back. As but strong that's as more ever. of an issue where you'd say, "Hey, we got to fix this today." All right. I, I know we're going a little long here, but that's okay. I I, I want to get into this. If you could comment as, as best you can on, I, I saw a story where the Philadelphia Eagle won a forty-three and a half million dollar lawsuit against what turned out to be the Steelers team doctor. I guess he went there on a second opinion, and so. The details of that uh, seem strange to me. The amount, I can't believe, would, would hold up in appeal. I, more on that in a second. But if you haven't heard of Chris Maragos, don't feel bad. He was like a 36-year-old special teams player. So how you get $43.5 million out of future earnings based on that is a whole other story. But what this, this, is, this doesn't happen in the NFL. We don't see team physicians getting sued, even by former guys, at least not very often. Yeah, and it's it's a little. And this bit guy you told I'm sorry you told me this guy's like top of the hill when it comes to the profession too. 
Well, I think this was done in a civil suit as opposed to a medical okay. malpractice because if you were to go to get a medical expert in orthopedics, this guy's at the top of the peak. I mean, he's at the top of the He pyramid. would be the expert. Yeah. I mean, he, go look him up. James Bradley. He's got accolade. I mean, he's been president of everything in the world as far as sports medicine and orthopedics. Mm -hmm. He's been the team doctor for the Steelers for 29 years. How does the Steelers team doctor end up operating on and then being sued by an Eagles player? Well, these things happen. They go get a second opinion. Their doctor may have said, you don't need surgery, you do. And they go to Bradley, and he's done, you know, hundreds of these, and the other guy's done 10 of these. The guy had a PCL tear, and he had— It's a knee injury. Right, so the posterior cruciate ligament in the knee is opposed to the anterior, which you typically don't fix in an isolated A PCL, PCL. you don't even operate on. Most times not. So, so is this guy shopping for somebody who will agree to operate on him? Uh, that would be possible. Uh -huh. But uh, he did have his PCL operated on, mm -hmm. and subsequent to that, there were issues I, I, seemingly and briefly reading through there where he had a meniscal problem and maybe a re-tear or a partial tear of his PCL. And then the concern was that they pushed him back to play sooner than he should have and therefore, now he has arthritis and the whole sequence of events from there. So, I don't I, know I, all I, the details, but, yeah. you know, it's 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 unfortunate. And then it's going to – Pandora's box? It, yeah, it could. I mean, it, and I said to – I had somebody send this to me, and I said, well, wait for the next shoe to drop when some high school kid sues somebody because he didn't get his NIL deal and therefore couldn't go to the NFL and then couldn't be a broadcaster, and you're going to pay for, yeah. you know, 30 years of earnings on somebody. I mean, it's just, it just I hate unfortunate. To, I, I hate to pick on this guy, but I have a hard time believing he should be the $43.5 million benefactor of what many NFL players deal with during and after their careers. Many, many guys get surgeries that, that, that end up may not have been the right. I mean, I don't want to speak for anyone or against anyone for that matter, but Tony is one of those guys that you wonder if it – if it was handled the right way, how many millions of dollars might he have lost? So I got a hard time giving a special teams guy from the Eagles at his age, 43 and a half million dollars. I don't know what civil suit math they used to, to, to put that kind of valuation on it. But that to me takes away the steam. There could be a message here. If this was a $2 million lawsuit, if you want to keep it real and talk about some issues that came up and what you should or shouldn't do. But that 43 and a half, that makes me more cynical about, about, the whole process. So, anything yeah, else? Yeah, you and you and me both. Anything else? We're good. What you got going today? Where are we headed? Surgery, St. Vincent. Got the scrubs today. on today. Yeah. Today's a big day. Put those gloves on, the mask, and we get down to business today, Doc. It's game day. Uh, it's game day. Uh, that's Doc Kevin Murphy inside the injury report. Uh, we're gonna come back on the other side and reset a couple of the. I said, you know what? Maybe I won't reset. I'm so chock full of content, I can't get to it all. Um, so I let's for sure. I'm for sure gonna take a little bit deeper dive at this college football power ranking. There are some fascinating things in there that we just kind of ho-hum yawned at yesterday when we briefly looked at it. We got that. We got NFL news. We've got much more as we roll along on a custom tree search since Thursday. You're listening to The Drill on 92.5 FM. Where we need an appearance from old man White across the desk here. He'd be breaking oh, this thing down pretty good right yeah, now. Yeah, he would. Might look like some sort of... Synapse is firing wrong. Spasmic in some ways, but nonetheless, it would be passionate. That much I can tell you. Uh, Gators won the game. They lost the war. Colin Casterton broke his hand last night in Florida's 15-point basketball win over Ole Miss. That'll do it. That'll do it for any outside shot of big dreams. And the NIT now becomes uh, in danger, I would think. Gators are 14-12. and, and 12. They're 7-6 in the SEC. I would say all things considered, Todd Golden's done a pretty admirable job with that roster but it's a roster he's gonna have to get better uh for sure but Castleton broke a hand and 
they documented this earlier. You want to talk about a one-man show, a one-man team. He probably is as close to a one-man team in Power 5 basketball of of any. In fact, I'd say he is. No one has the impact, and, and the loss of, of Castleton would be devastating. They got five games left. None of them will they be favored. They won't be favored at Georgia. They won't be favored at – they may be favored at home against LSU. They won't be favored at home against Kentucky, I don't think. Uh, the big news in college basketball last night came as number one goes down again for the eighth time this year. It ties for the most in the history of the polls. The polls started in 1948. And already now, the number one team in the land has lost eight times. Bama got got by Tennessee last night. I guess you don't get your job back. Suppose that's how it works. Remember Chris Beard? The big bad wolf out in Texas um, was accused of some domestic situations. Um, the, the, the woman involved walked back any of that. He lost his job immediately, and yesterday we learned no charges to be filed. Maybe an indefinite suspension until we get to the bottom of things. I feel like like the legal system is losing more and more clout in society and workplace and everyone else is judging you above the law. Right. And I'm not saying that whatever he did shouldn't be punished or if there's more to it. I don't know the whole story, but I do know no charges are filed and jobs lost. Job in jeopardy, sure. Job on hiatus for a year, full investigation. There was no full investigation into that joker. That thing happened three days later. And maybe should have. I, I'm just saying. But I just, a note. I'm just noting. How about that? All right, this was bound to happen. In fact, you may root for it. This, of all of the idiotic shows on television, and that would include Milf Manor, of all the idiotic shows on television, I think the most idiotic stands alone. Have you ever heard of this show, E.T., Naked and Afraid? Yeah, I heard of it. Okay, this show is the brainchild of someone somewhere who said, let's take two people, a man and a woman, let's take away all their clothes and dump them in the jungle. Like, what sense does that make? (laughs) Is it not hard enough to survive in the wilderness that I got to be naked? But booty. It is the dumbest show. It's the dumbest principle. And that's why I feel no... Sympathy at all for the victim in the following story. Headline says it all. Naked and afraid contestant burns his on campfire. (laughs) Naked, afraid, and burned in his nether regions. Contestant Sam Mauser uh, burnt the little guy while filming the upcoming season. Uh, The little guy, which he describes as um, whatever was singed by a spark when a fire pit was being stoked for the heat at the remote filming location in the high deserts of New Mexico. Mauser and his co-contestant, Lily Jammerbund, were snoozing by the open fire, well, naked, as the title of the show says, (laughs) when the open flame hit and video obtained by TMZ, the panic father of two, Yelped as he felt pain and heat creeping up to his private parts. Good. Darwinism at its finest. Naked and afraid. There's a lot of dumb shows on television. I got no problem if you choose to do your viewing and as exclusive as you can of naked people doing things. And I'm okay if you love Survivor shows. I'm not okay with those two mixing. 
Hence where I don't watch much TV. Yeah, Nick, Naked and Afraid is, is beyond the dumbest idea in the history of television. And I don't get it. I don't know why t- having them in, in no clothes affects anything. So I'm glad there's a part of me that wishes the whole thing had just been burned off. Speaking of the nether region, Patrick Mahomes is uh, <laughs> tossed under the bus a little bit by our guy, Chad Henney. Did you see this? Oh, what's, Chad, what's Chad doing, man? A former Kansas City Chiefs backup quarterback and former Jack Chad Henney retired after the Super Bowl, but he shared some funny inside intel on Adam Schefter's podcast. Henny noted how Mahomes comes from a baseball background, and so he's superstitious. Yeah, if you didn't know it, baseball players are the most superstitious of them all. Yeah, that makes it. sense. 162 games, slow-moving game, you know, all of all of the traditions and superstitions that go along with it. But according to Henny, one of Mahomes' superstitions is he has to wear the same pair of underwear during every game. We assume, at least we hope, that he watches them. Yeah, that's he has question. to have a certain thing each and every day he comes in. And he said he does his work. His notes are written out a certain way. Same pair of underwear on game day. Probably not a lot of people know that he's been wearing it since I've been on the team. The same pair. How do you know that? Is he just offered up? I hope. Henny <laughs> <laughs> uh, joined the Chiefs in 18, one year after Mahomes was drafted. That means he never saw Mahomes wear a different pair of underwear during a game day across a five-year span. The big question, of course, is does he wash them? Henny didn't specify. And again, call me crazy. I would hope that Chad Henny wouldn't know the answer to that question. Which NFL teams are primed for the fall-off? When does a stat become a fact? Right? Can a speculative stat, by definition, it can't be a fact, but, but it... This happens every year in the NFL to the point that it's more factual than projected. Half of the teams that made the playoffs are going to miss them this year. You're going to turn over. It, it literally, we've, we've done this exercise on this program. I'm not going to do it again, but we went back 10 years, and every year minimum half the field changed. Used to be 12, there'd be six new, six old, or more new. So now next year, with 14 teams returning as a playoff teams, half of them are going to miss them. Who are the best? This is another place. We're going to show up good. No one's predicting that as our arc. Our arc's going the other way, but who are some of those teams that we're counting on to fulfill what has become almost a factual stat? We'll take a look at that with Cat and Cat Chat, among the other fun we have with uh, the Jags' former mascot. We'll also put his feet to the fire on Cat's not winning the Super Bowl. I mean, you're, you're a cat, so. Yeah, that's a finger. Is pointing at you. Um, and we'll get into that list uh, just a little bit. Uh, here's a list that I found uh, interesting. It's not for who I'm looking at the top. This is the ESPN's SP Plus rankings. Here's how they work. Returning production. Quite simply, you look at the rosters, take into account transfers attrition as best you can, and bottom line, not an opinion, but a stat, how much Production do you have returning from a year ago? Recent recruiting. That gives you an idea of what's waiting in the wings, and so that is part of your SP Plus ranking. A third is your recent history. Now, pretty easy to tell who's going to be one, two, and probably three based on those. Returning production, recent recruiting, and recent history especially. Georgia and Alabama, guess what? We're going to say their names here 
near the top. Number one on the list in the SP Plus ratings, Georgia. Number two, Ohio State. Georgia's rating, by the way, when you add it up or figure it out. We got the full 133 here. I'm bringing this up because I read a column that puts coaches on the hot seat, and I'll be doggone while they won't just flat out say Billy Napier is on the hot seat. They surely seem to indicate without some kind of season this year, that's where he'll be next year. And that's what college football is right now. And by the way, by proxy, you can put athletic director Scott Strickland on the hot seat because if Billy Napier loses his job for underperformance, Scott Strickland loses his. You don't get at the University of Florida the opportunity to rifle through football coaches without hitting one. So I'm curious just what the expectation, where does Florida football stand right now? Because you could argue when Dan Mullen was there, they weren't tilting at championship windmills. But they were a top 10 team. They were ranked for the most, until the final year where he fell off. But Dan Mullen's first two, three years there, they finished seventh one year, eighth one year, sixth one year, twelfth one year, a top 10 team. So when you put together this kind of forecast, it would include pretty decent recent results. It would include production returning. You would have some of those in your, in your arsenal. So the question I have here, as I go down this list, One, I expect FSU to be on the rise. We've seen that everywhere. They're projected top five in most of the human polls when we start. This is not human polls. This is trying to extrapolate, you know, some of the analytics that leads us to our human poll kind of thought. So, uh, Georgia's number one, overall rating 31.7. Ohio State is 230.0. Michigan is 328.8. Alabama is 427.5. Penn State is 5, 24.4. Tennessee is 6, 24.1. LSU is 7, 23.5. You know what I just noticed is real interesting about 1 through 7? It's all SEC Big Ten. If there are questions you have about the future of college football, and could we get to a point where you limit it to just 40 or 44 schools and call that the natty with the Big Ten and SEC, you're going to have the argument you could. Assuming the teams you're adding would be the top of the line from Pac-12 ACC. What's left of the Big 12? So anyway, top seven are all SEC. Oregon is eight. Texas is nine. FSU 11. So forget the your opinion on it as far as those factors, which I would say are important. Recent, It's the recruiting that's holding FSU at 11. If Mike Norvell can start, start recruiting like a top five program, they can become a, a legitimate top five program because he's taking them up there right now with transfer portal and natural evolution of a quarterback. He still hasn't hit on the recruiting trail like powers do. We'll see if maybe this year would be the year he does that. But this is where I keep going down, and I think that this is gloriously good news for for Florida fan on one standpoint. It may make you go, yeah, right. But at the same time, now comes with increased expectation. Look, Florida, the year before Napier, fell off the map. Well, say fell off the map. They lost a bowl game to UCF at six and seven. They they lost a bowl game this year, thirty to three. And if you look at the SP ratings, number twenty, number twenty. So this notion that how far away Florida is, and you know seven and five might be a good year, and how tough the schedule is. If you're the twentieth team in the country, you go eight and four, nine and three. You don't go six and six and off to some ridiculous bowl game no one watches or cares about. So, and again, that's not the opinion. That's taking everything into account, not our 
you know, our opinion from watching what at times was a sugar show last year. But Florida shows up at 20. That's higher than, you know, it's higher than Auburn. It's higher than Kentucky. It's higher than Wisconsin. It's higher than Iowa and North Carolina. It's higher than South Carolina. These are higher than UCF. It's higher than Miami. Miami 42nd in this. Well, you can take this one of two ways. Florida's even better than we think they are. I, not even, either. Florida is either better than we think they are, or this preseason SP Plus rankings from ESPN aren't worth the paper they're written on. It's Custom Tree Surgeons Thursday. Extended cat chat today and more. Content full on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Oh, I don't even know what we do here. If you guys sometimes could eavesdrop oh on the conversations that occur here in the break. Oh, my gosh. We got into men's bathroom hygiene. I'll just put it that way. Topics of wet wipes. Yeah. And Insta showers came up. You can t- you can you can fill in the blanks. Hey, here. it's a it's we'll a topic. Go I'm further. sure the Googles sure. would would yeah. ring in on. Sometimes uh, they, we discovered, and it led to the last fit of laughter. That sometimes the <laughs> the bathroom toilet room hygiene is just so non overcomable that you just have to jump in the shower. I, <laughs> that's where we, that's what we do. I don't know what y'all do around the water cooler, but yeah. Yeah, I it's where we're at discussion. This, this is things. Hey, yeah. man, this is this is real life. This is modern day 2023. You see men sitting yeah. around talking about things I that you not talk about. You sure. get these things out. We have real life talk. You know, mm. it's, real men what, use wet wipes. That's right. Yeah, wet wipes. If you don't have them in your bathroom, man, your butt is dirty <laughs> every day when you walk out of that thing. I'm just telling you. Well, okay. Well, there we go. I'm just saying. Um, did you? You're a, you're a, you're a, I I'm. I'm going to talk more about this tomorrow. I only watched one episode, but did you watch any of that Netflix uh, PGA Tour? I haven't yet. It dropped go- yesterday. I'm going to – I, I used to wait for this. It was okay. I, the one thing that I had – I, it seems like a doc like that would be targeting, like, P1 golf fans. Like, if you're not a golf fan, I don't know if they can draw you into watching that. Really? I, I I know the Formula One one was a great show. I didn't watch one episode of it. I'm I not didn't into watch Formula that one. One. See what I mean? I want to watch the golf. Well, one they're calling this the Formula because you're an, you're a, a P1 golf, golf fan. Yeah. So it looked like it wasn't designed for us because it was too elementary in some points, telling you what a birdie means, telling you what how the cut works. Now, not oh, line okay. by line, but just kind of that's interspersed through it. The first episode, I won't give you any spoilers. There's I think eight total. Uh, the first episode was titled Frenemies, and it was basically the uh, – because this, by the way, in case you don't know, Netflix last year got really behind the ropes in the locker room access to the PGA Tour. And what an amazing season to get that yeah, well, access. Yeah, because – and they're going to cover all that as we go. Yeah. I just now, did th- they know going into it? No. Well, I think they had heard some rumors. as it's going? I don't think that they knew exactly how fast and that was That was, was the come. part I'm interested to see. Remember, that. that didn't start until last right. year when Phil just all of a sudden had to – Didn't go to the Masters. Didn't Remember, go to the, we didn't know what was going right. on. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they and – they, and they picked this season up from the get-go, so they I don't think they had an exact clue, but that's going to all unfold in front of us. But that's the one – and so it was last year's season, so going into it, I could see how that would look like a real hook for your yeah. first episode because – you know, Thomas and Spieth grew up great friends. They played, but Spieth is really. I've never heard that story. Yeah, but my point is, <laughs> well, welcome to For Netflix. P one P one golf fan. That's that's the story we've heard. Right. I did that Whatever. didn't even offend me. I can understand right. you're trying to set that that you know that no, table. No, no, I'm just. But you know, he's been, you know he's been his bizzle. I mean, it's, yeah. You know, he's the B team. He always has been. So going to last year, you know, they're pointing out that Spieth has the three majors and Thomas only one. And 
Spieth has this many wins, and he was winning in college. Yeah. Beating beat him forever. And so, if you remember last year, Justin Thomas came from seven back and won the PGA. Yep. So, the first episode was the Thomas-Spieth dynamic, their interactions, a lot of hangout times and behind-the-scenes time, and then their, their season leading up to the PGA. They focused pretty much on those two. My point being this. They got too hot a topic to not come out of the gates with that. Episode one should have been this. That's where the con- that's what people want. I mean, you're gonna give me. I want the confrontation. I want to see the video of of Rory laying into Ian Poulter. I want to see the video, and you see a little bit of it. There little was, flashes of it to tease you. And yeah, show you what's but, coming but, up. but like you know, it's interesting. Some of these guys are doing exactly what they said they were. Others, it's a more genuine. I don't care. But uh, Brooks Kepka went for one reason, and he let it slip. He said, it I can't play with these guys. I can't beat these guys week in and week out. That's why he's going. He's up front about it. I got more respect for that than you're changing the game or team golf is important. That's all garbage. Dustin Johnson, also very open about it. And again, these are just snippets. We'll see more later. I've proven everything I can prove here. I'm going to go make money. Yeah. And that's also fair. I've been number one. I've won majors. I got sure. nothing to prove. And now that these guys can get into the majors, it'll. Um, and I don't want to get into a big golf talk. I just thought it was interesting. I was curious because no, I know I'm you like that kind of stuff. It. I usually I w- wait for that stuff to come out, let it sit for a little bit. And it's and all eight episodes, which is good. I didn't know that. When I started it yesterday, I thought you get one, you get another one next week, you get another one oh, the week okay, after so that. It's, all, okay, it's all down. Yeah. But I still good enough to keep me watching. It wasn't interesting enough to make me go right to episode two. That says something. Usually you yeah. watch one of those, you're like, oh, that hit episode two. I was underwhelmed a little bit because one – the topic of golf is this confrontation that is going on. I think that you should have focused on that. The elephant they, in the room they ignored in the first dude, that, episode. Well, you know, they tinted, hinted at it, teased it. It looks like there's going to be some explosive scenes coming up. But when it comes to behind-the-scenes access, we didn't get much of that in one. Maybe it's a slow build. Yeah. I've Maybe seen Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth riding around in golf carts and cracking jokes and talking about it. I've seen, I've yeah. seen how these guys work out when they're not playing. Right. It, you know, I, 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 needed, I wanted a little bit more... Probably got, trying to. They showed clips of like Ian Poulter blows up in the locker room and throws something and breaks something. I want to see. That's what I want to see all eight episodes. I want that. Yeah, the stuff that that you and I have, uh, with different people we know and stuff, have heard stories of and know different things of, maybe seen a little bit of. Yeah, that, that's what you're hoping to see. It seems like it sounds like that they're trying to slow burn, you know, a slow build to to the rest of it because they know exactly what you're saying. Everybody is looking for that. Um. That whole discussion about live, but well, yeah, I'm from, from the, seeing it. Well, from the text line, how many TV series debut with the climax of series in the first episode? That's not the climax. That's that's not a cli- that's not climaxed yet. That we're not. What is that breaking? We're not going to lead up and then. Oh, then guess what? The live game. No, the live's be, been going for a year. It's not. By the way, there's going to be tons yeah. of information about that. They. That's yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I, I'm I'm interested to watch it. It'll be a tough. Uh, I'm gonna have to find time to watch that in my house. You know, with a four year old and a two year old. You don't get a lot of control of the TV. Somebody else said, pro- <laughs> correct, for sure. Someone else, I just got this text on the text on Design by Lifetime Enclosures. Prosser, it gets better. I thought the same, but watch three episodes last night, it gets better. I can believe that. They've got great access. So, I don't need, the, I don't, golf right now is is controversial and as conflicting and as, that it's ever been. I don't need to start with a feel-good, yokey, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth storyline. That's all I think, I'm saying. I, I think golf's never been more interesting. That's what I mean. That's I think professional it. golf, right. uh, worldwide level, has never been more interesting and and more um, want to watch when I, when the big tournaments come on. And now we have we have two two chances to see or several chances throughout the year to see big tournaments where it was just normally the majors. But now we're seeing 
you know, you got some this some week big events. these designated events. They had yeah. one last week. When you increase that cash, then you increase uh, someone but else. I, I, someone I, else said the way it's going to work is they follow different players specifically each episode. So you'll see the Brooks Koepka will include that. You'll see the Ian Poulter. You'll you'll include yeah. that. They have full episodes and they probably let a little bit more unknown. They didn't indicate. I know they did just those two. This one they didn't indicate that it would just be different player every week. But maybe some of those players more involved in those storylines. Justice Peeth and Jordan Tom, Jordan Tom, Jordan, <laughs> Jordan Speed and Justin Thomas. They've been they've been pretty clear since the get go. Yeah, they're happy where they are. We're not going anywhere, so they weren't a big part of that narrative. But I, I just I didn't get enough controversy in week one. It was too feel good for me. Still watchable. I still enjoyed it, but I was, I you know, I yeah. You wanted more drama with that access. I wanted just a little bit more of that access. I don't feel like I got a bunch of it, but I'll trust the text on it's going to get better. I'm certainly not giving up on it. I will, uh, I will watch it. Well, I got some stats to throw your way, and I mean, quite frankly, I, I don't think I can blame Jag Nation. Somewhat blaming you this morning for Uh-oh. yeah for a, a recurring trend in the NFL that was pointed out to us earlier, but Uh-oh. yeah, no in the history of the NFL, no team nicknamed for a cat has won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean you were the cat. Yeah, uh, it's just kind of on you. Yeah, right? I mean is that fair? Yeah, no, I mean it's clearly fair. Uh, <laughs> it's clearly fair. I mean you're, you're yeah. Uh, no, I'm going through the cats. No, yeah, it's the, the Bengals. No, the, Bengals, the Bengals, Lions, Lions. No, the Panthers. Right, yeah. That's it. There there's only go. four of us. Yeah, there's only four of us. Yeah, Unless we left one out. We don't think we did. No, that's what – I thought there's only – are there 12 teams that have never never won it? Just, uh, that sounds right. There, there's there's only four or five that have never been. Been to it, yeah. The Jaguars are one of those. Right, yeah. And uh, the Lions are one of those. So, cat, cat scratch fever is what we got. It seems like that's going to change. I mean, the Calvin Ridley right. news yesterday. No, no. The season yeah. we had this year. Like, you can't – I think we'll at least go to a Super Bowl. The stat is they've never won one. They have, you know, the Bengals have been sure. to a couple. The Panthers have been to a couple. We need Trevor to have two more seasons like this one in a row. We need to get him as the darling of the NFL. The um, indications are all there. Yeah. And it's not just what the Jags are doing right, but we're getting very fortunate here with some timing. The rest of the division is in shambles yeah. right now. Got to take advantage of at it. At the very best, everyone in the division at best is a year away. Unless the Titans, I don't think the Titans, I don't believe in the Titans anymore. I think they had their run. Last year was the beginning, and they're they don't have they're, a QB. They're not going to be 10, 11, 12 win team. We're winning the division for a while. They don't have a QB, and Derrick Henry is showing his age. Nah, it was good. no. I mean, I don't, I don't see where where they're going in the future. And they this past year losing their best receiver to Philly. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on up there. So yeah, no, they don't. They definitely don't scare. We have well, everything ch- is in front of us. Everything for this division is sitting right in front of us. We have no excuses not sure. to dominate this division for the next five plus years. I, I was saying earlier, it's kind of been a theme this week as we finally transition out of the regular season officially into the off season with no one left to play any games. But you know, this is a time of the year which it, which it just you get a daily reminder when you do what we do and all the sources we're looking at, Conquer the story floors? ideas. <laughs> well, that too. <laughs> All the stuff we look at and, the, you know, the storylines, the, 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 the topics that we cover, a lot of times it involves these off-season lists, quarterback lists, personnel lists, yeah. draft lists, best this, best that, tiers of teams. We're always so bad, you don't even want to open them and look at yeah. them. Last year we went through it. Last year Trevor Lawrence, if you ranked the quarterbacks, was at this time was ranked 26th in the NFL. It's insane. This year he's going to be 6th at 
probably at the low end. It's nuts. It's nuts thinking about a year ago. You always do that in life. You think about, wow, a year ago I was doing this. But you think about this team and you think a year ago and it's like, you got to be kidding me. How about this? I just said a sentence a few minutes ago that's like, there's no excuses for us not to dominate this division (laughs) for the next five years. And I couldn't fathom saying that a year ago. Well, you are a guy that picks up 16 and 0 some years. So (laughs) it's probably. That's 17 bit, now. That's mitigated a little bit. 17. About you. Hey, by the way, you don't got to go back. We're being too expansive going back a year. Go back four months when they left Detroit. Yeah. They're four and eight. They don't fall into any kind of tier or category. or. Pa- what, where did we bottom out in the power rankings here this year? Didn't he go down to like 27 at one point? I thought we, we were lost. maybe even 28, 29. That, that's we lost after, five in a row. That's yeah. starting two yeah. and one. So when we lost right. row, this yeah. belief in the Jags is one thousand percent dictated That's by this true. late season run yeah. and Trevor's resurgence. So you know we think we assume. I'd like to say I know that it's just the beginning for Trevor, but you still maybe need to see it with a first place schedule here for a year. Make sure we're not one of those old jaggy one and dunners. Nah, we're seventeen like next it. year. We're seventeen zero this year. There's a narrative nas- new record. There's a narrative new nas- record. <laughs> There's a narrative nationally that makes us look smart, but I'm not sure it's accurate. They're talking about Calvin Ridley, and Calvin Ridley yesterday, you know, yeah. applied to get applied. back into the league. We'll see when they do. So the story, there was a story yesterday about that, right? The national yeah. story, Ridley, and now they're pointing out how smart Tra- uh, Trent Balky was and how, how shrewd it was for the Jaguars to make that move because this year's free agency class at receivers, super weak, super shallow, like one of the worst that there has been, which is fine except for we weren't spending any money in free agency on receivers. True. It's a shrewd move because we got Calvin Ridley and we got him at a price that no one else was thinking about. Yeah. But if we had not got Calvin Ridley, we would not have been actively looking for receivers. We would have drafted somebody. We're fine with what we have here. We when did have, we make that trade? It was at the trade deadline. So it would have been what? Late October, maybe? Yep, yep. Okay. We so were we still in the middle sure of the losing yet. streak. We were still in the losing streak. We weren't sure yeah, where uh, this receiving crew was going to go. That's right. At the time. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it was, I mean... Obviously, it looks like a shrewd move now. Great move. And, and uh, the, the line I said last year uh, after free agency, remember uh, Jones and Kirk better work? Yeah. Well, they did. <laughs> well, there's also this now, because we were talking about this and Trevor's uptick in production that's naturally going to come this year. Let's not forget, as much of an upgrade we got from Kirk and Zay Jones, they were literally first and second in the NFL and drop passes. Yeah. You don't catch them all, yeah. but there's some balls that Calvin Ridley – Calvin Ridley beat needs to be the one. This projection that oh, – yeah. that, Well – you know, Hicken did a quiz, uh, one of his polls yesterday, and basically that we landed on a number that's what what Christian Kirk gave you this year. In right. other words, 83 for 1,100 and eight touchdowns. We need more than that. You I, do? You're number one? I heard you guys talking about that. Yeah, and, number and one I, guys, that's not what they're doing. But I, I disagree from the okay. standpoint of you guys were saying it yesterday, we need him to do this. Well, that's what Kirk did. Well, okay, there's only so many, as we know, count up the amount of passes thrown in the season and figure out that you can do the numbers on how many more yards can be added. When you add a Calvin Ridley to this squad already with Evan Ingram and Kirk and Jones and and all that stuff, when you add him in there and you add in 70 catches, the other guys can still get 60, 70 catches. So you're almost adding on top of all the other catches you got. If If they reduce by 10 catches each and he gets 70, you still increase the amount of catches you had on the season. Well, no, you're leaving out Marvin Jones, who didn't have a bunch, but he had 40 something. I mean, you're leaving out some guys. Then you're number one. Listen to me. Uh, Justin Jefferson, okay, 128, 1,800 yards. Tyree Kill, 119, 1,700 yards. Devontae Adams, 100, 1,500 yards. Stephon Diggs, 108, 1,429. C.D. Lamb, 107, 1,359. Uh, 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 shoot, even Amon Ross St. Brown, 106 catches. 
Those are number one reasons. That's all I'm saying. If Calvin uh-huh. Ridley comes in and goes 84 for 11 and 8, those aren't number one receiver numbers. I don't – this is maybe a dumb question. I'm not looking okay. at the list. What the, the teams. List the teams. All right. Tyree Kill had 119. Jalen Waddell had 75. They combined for 3,000 yards and 16 touchdowns. So the top, the top, top one, Jefferson. Go through the teams that they play for instead of the, their names. Uh, where is, where's the first chief receiver and where's the, the first chief receiver first is not Eagles. a receiver. It's Kelsey, the tight end. Okay. Where's he at in the list? Eighth. He's eight. Now this is yards. I'm not reception. This is yards receiving yards. receiving. And in fairness, Christian Kirk was 14th in yards receiving. What I'm saying is I don't think you have to have the 130 catch guy. I don't think that the 130 okay. well, catch teams are the ones who, who go to the Super Bowl. No, 95 for 1300 yeah. yards and 10 touchdowns. I'm not talking about you guys. Calvin Ridley wasn't those guys when he left. Yeah. I think the, the the thought when we got Ridley was that this is a huge upgrade from what we currently have. Yeah. So statistically, it has to play out a little bit. Yeah. I, Point I, being, do you, are you, and this is a nebulous question because it does include, your point is not invalid about other guys catching a lot of balls. Yeah. Are you happy statistically? If I told you right now, sight unseen, Calvin Ridley gives you 70 for 1,108 touchdowns, that's good enough? And it might be. I would say yes right now because if I'm going to make other assumptions. I'm going to make other assumptions yeah. that the other guys are going to catch 60-plus, and that's just adding on top of what we're already doing. I got you. And he's going to give us more options because what I, my point I was trying to make with you look at Jefferson and the others, you know, at the top of that, that board of most catches, I don't know that having a guy who, who, who has 140, 120 catches um, look at the stats and see, is that the people who go – when you have a guy that's getting all that stuff, are teams just letting that guy – beat Not, you and well, stop everybody else. I don't think so because I you know whether it's Adam Thielen or some others Minnesota gets has competent receivers opposite Jefferson. Hill and Waddle are on the same team. Um and Godwin and Mike Evans, uh Chase and Higgins, a cup last year with the Rams. AJ AJ Brown and Devontae Smith, 95 and 88, 1400 and 1200. Like, we had 1,000-yard receiver, as good as they was. He didn't get 1,000, did he? No, he I had I guess it's a question of do you want, do you want two, two great ones that both catch 100 balls, like we had with Jimmy and Keenan, or do we want four catching 70? I, I just – I'm not sure either one of those matters. But when it comes time to pay guys and slot them and all uh, that yeah, kind of that's stuff. That's when it matters. Right. And he's yeah, we've got one year with Cal. Really, so, see what it is. So, again, then think about from a team standpoint – Maybe you want four or five guys only catching 60, well, 70 balls because you don't want that 100-catch we'll guy. See. you got to pay. You want your offense to be better than it was, and it certainly is with Ridley. So I didn't mean to get off a, on a track yeah. here that somehow indicates I'm, this is anything is... other than negative. I'm just – I'm surprised. And this is what winning does. If if I'd have asked everyone back when they made the Calvin Ridley trade what you're expecting, 90, 1,310 would have been your answer. Yeah, because at the time we're in a five-game – We need somebody to catch this. Uh, extended Cat Chat continues on a custom tree search in Thursday. You're listening to The Drill on 92.5 FM. Shark coding. You're all excited about Heck yeah, man. shark days. Big day. Big day in shark coding. Yesterday was another shark day. It was our February shark day. Shark day is when we have uh, all of our staff come in and we, we feed them breakfast and uh, play games and hang out and usually have a – some kind of big fun thing going on. And yesterday, the big fun announcement uh, for everybody at Shark Coatings was health insurance. It's a big deal. We got health insurance. Yeah. Okay. So for any of you thinking about a new career and you go to Shark Coatings, that, that, yeah, that's got, huge. Now we got health insurance. And uh, if you are looking at that, sales or install, jobs at sharkfloorcoatings.com. But that was a big deal. You know, Up until this point, we had always just paid 
better than everybody else, and that's how we kept uh, kept people uh, with us and stuff, and people love coming to us. But now adding health insurance on top of that pay is just making it you know a, a more unbelievable place to work. But also, uh, big day today, the auto show, Jacksonville International Auto Show. Okay. And at the Prime Osborne Convention Center, I'm heading down there today. It opens, doors open at 3 o'clock today. Um, I was there last night for the VIP kickoff. I don't know if you're a country fan. Uh, country fans out there, Love and Theft, CMA uh, duo. They've uh, award-winning duo. They were there last night, performed. Um, but it was really cool. They had all the all the cars out and everything, a bunch of old cars and obviously the new ones. Um, but we got Shark Coatings has a booth at the auto show because, uh, I mean, it just makes sense. The, the floor your car deserves is a Shark Coatings floor. So um, stop by our booth and, and, and get your uh, you can get set up for an estimate right there. Um, but the auto show, I'm telling you, I've been to it for years. You've, I'm sure you've been to it over the years. I used to cover it when I was with uh, I've been TV. to it before, yeah. I was with it, and it, it kind of died off. It had kind of died down a little bit. But uh, Airstream Ventures and Alan Verlander and his whole team, um, they took it over for the first time this year. And they put a bunch of money into it. Um, they're really, really trying to make it something that, um, you know, not just a car show where you go down and look at the latest models, but actually an event that you go down to. Every night they have live music. Every day. Every day there's live music. Um, going on tonight, it's uh, the kickoff of it, Thursday night. It's called Ladies' Night, Wine and Wheels. Um, and then tomorrow night, Whiskey, Wheels, and something else. Yeah, so, me a whiskey, friend. Um, they're making it a party. So I'm saying auto show, head down right. there, you'll see shark coatings, well, but also go. go down there and check out some really, really cool cars. <laughs> I have a, um, a a question for you. Did you ever go to the Super Bowl as a member of the Jags? Like, was Jackson ever at a Super Bowl? Uh, yes, I went to Super Bowl week several times um, at the game itself. Have you ever seen a halftime show? Have you ever been? Oh, no, I've been, I've been to, I went to, I went to about five, okay. about five Super Bowls. But you weren't ever an official working capacity. Um, no, but I did sneak into the San Diego Super Bowl by pretending that. to work is for that the, the halftime show. Is that the, the, uh, Janet Jackson Super Bowl? Um, Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson, wasn't that? This is 97. I don't know if that was. I think that was maybe a little later. That might have been a little later than that. Maybe. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I went to went to five of them, uh, enjoyed Super Bowl week. Um, the halftime show, is that what you're going towards? Well, yeah, I'm, it's, it's a couple things about the halftime show. A couple things. Yeah, one that was <laughs> curious to me. Uh, what, I mean, <laughs> there's a bunch of things. As about to it. who thinks what is appropriate, inter- whatever, dude, it's music. That I'm not, I'm not going to get into any I'm just of that. saying, the- you don't check your oil on national TV. Yeah, whatever. On worldwide TV, you don't That's check. That's what they do. You don't yeah, check don't the oil. Value. Nah, you, you see, don't- come on, man. You see worse on, on daytime television. Man. Come on. <laughs> there, uh, this is what amazed me. More people watch the halftime show than watch the game. 113 yeah. million, the peak of the game watching. 119 million watch the halftime show. Riri. That means at the very least, 10 million tuned in just for the halftime show. Yeah. That's no, crazy. but that is every. I don't know where you watch. I don't the know. Game. It does it every year. I don't, I don't know. know where you watch. That's the part I don't watch. I, because of our schedule now, I go to a Super Bowl party for the first half. I leave at halftime, just thankful as I'll get out that it's 25 minutes home. and I'll get home and the game hadn't started back. But I'm just saying, most Super Bowl parties I've ever been to, and you probably similar. You everybody when halftime come, people are hanging like we had the game on, but we were playing games in the backyard and stuff. And then, but when halftime comes on, you hear everybody go, "Hey, hey, halftime!" Yeah, see, that's not me. But that's just because me. I get that most people are like that. I think. uh, Yeah. What I was going to also work my way back around to. Did you see what uh, Pat Mahomes said about Andy Reid and the halftime show? (laughs) No. Yeah, he. You know, made it, and you, you, you think this would go without saying, and then you remember that today's athlete doesn't always, you know, do the smartest thing. But they came in last night and said, anybody planning on sneaking out and catching some of the Rihanna halftime show can just keep on walking. You're not playing again today. 
So basically, Reed said that. Yeah, I said it to his team when they went to the locker room at halftime. Basically, understanding what a big draw Rihanna is and how you know players are, and he's no, don't do it. And you think, well, gosh, who would do it? Well, your answer is Evan McPherson last year for the Bengals. Yeah, his team was in the locker room. He was out watching Dr. Dre. You know. Yeah. So uh, I thought it was interesting that that Mahomes kind of came clean on that, but you know, a couple stories there. The draw is not so not just bigger than the game itself, but apparently coaches in the middle of coaching the Super Bowl have to tell their players, yeah, no Rihanna. Uh-uh, just sit down. It's Sit over there, no Rihanna. They ha- they like routine, right? Coaches love routine. And that the halftime show for Super Bowl changes the entire routine of a game for players. I mean, the most play- a lot of players change their entire uniform at halftime because it's sure. soaked with sweat. And they yeah. sit there Don't for- forget the orange slices. you got to get those in, E.T. Yeah, but 30 minutes, normally 12 minutes, and it goes to 30 minutes that you got to sit there. It's the best thing about the N- NFL, to be honest with you, is the halftime length of regular season games. Yeah. Because you sit around on Saturday, and you feel like college games last 20 minutes. You yeah. watch it. feels like they're forever. NFL, man, you barely have time to. If you're at the stadium and they hit halftime, you go out, go to the bathroom, grab a beer, grab better, a hot dog, you get, get your kids some cotton candy, and they're kicking off when you get back. Yeah. I like that, though. Yeah, the, ha- the, the, the Super Bowl one, that, that, that's what I'll say from, from going to Super Bowl. Everybody's talking, oh, you've got to go to the Super Bowl. No, you don't. It's, it's not a great in-game experience. It's, it's the longest game you'll ever sit at. Yeah, for sure. Because here's the thing. When you go to the Super Bowl, you don't get to enjoy the commercials. You don't get to you laugh at the funny dog commercial or the Budweiser commercial. You just yeah. sit there and watch some crap that they throw on the end game thing, and they play music that sometimes you don't like and whatever. They're, it's it is the longest game you'll ever watch. There's timeouts every play. It seems. I it's, will say this too. I mean, the, the halftime. Just the fact that this game has managed to make commercials like what you want to watch. Think of we we spend our whole lives bemoaning the commercials. Ah, another commercial. Like you're watching this, ah, another commercial. Entertain me. You get to the Super Bowl and it does carry you through um <clears throat> with the with the, you know, commercial creativity at the very least. Want to be entertained. I right, want to take a break. Cats going to stick around one more segment uh, with us brought to you by um uh, Sharp Floor Coatings. The, it, there's a narrative that's emerging emerging primarily out of the mock drafts that's now being asked about GMs more specifically. And it's led to a question that is this now suddenly a real question? Are the bears thinking about trading Justin Fields? There are reports today that say that's actual and not hypothetical. And there's another quarterback who ties into that style that also doesn't have the security that you would think a player of his caliber would have. We're going to get it on both sides of that. Also, when is a stat, become a fact, like a future stat. Currently, I mean, obviously, you know, yesterday's high temperature, that's a stat. It's a fact. But, you know, next year's February 13th high temperature, if I tell you what it's going to be, that made it a fact? Not really. Well, the NFL puts that theory to the test every year. Let me put that in a little more um, definition and clarity for you when we come back next as well. It's Custom Tree Surgeons Thursday on The Drill. Oh, The Drill. I'll tell you that Custom Tree Surgeons Thursday. Uh, we got 49 minutes. Fingers crossed, DT, for me for 49 minutes for some friendly editing. For this week's edition of Guggen Hoops tips off as I went uh, the mano, imano, imano with a couple of Pontevedra high schoolers. So let's see how that game of uh, Guggen went. Basically, Wait a minute, I saw one horse. of these. A horse game. I saw They've done a bunch. Do one. Yeah, yeah, we're doing all the high school stars around town. It's about them. It's not about us, but it's just a way of doing it. We play them in a game of horse. We interview them about their team and about their seasons. Did and you that win? Kind of good stuff. So I went out there against the Ponte Vitra kids on um, Tuesday, maybe? Monday or Tuesday? You I didn't let them win, right? I did not let them win. No, you're correct. Um, we were talking in the break. Speaking of, I, I'll tell you this. 
this is how long it's been since I've shot. Oh, no. Yeah. I got bicep soreness oh, here. Oh, no. From shooting about 150 <laughs> balls on, on Monday. Yeah. Got a little soreness right here in the bicep <laughs> from letting it fly. So, you're saying now's my chance against you. I don't shoot layups, buddy. And from the first time I walk on the court, I'm firing from three. So <laughs> no stretching. No stretching. <laughs> no, just they gave me the ball. I just started jacking it. Just Let's start go. Heaving. Yeah. I, I, um, I need some friendly editing. I, I did nail a lot of threes. I need some friendly editing, though, because you never know how it shows they, up. They could throw it the other way. They could show all the well, misses. Well, no, I, there's misses. There was a, how many letters are in Guggen. There were that many. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Dang it. Spoiler alert. Dang there were that it, many. Jeff, you let the I will say this. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm, you know, I, I think I quit it quite well for myself. It's not about me. It's about those kids. But I did lose on a couple of over-the-backboard shots. I'm just saying. <laughs> We just shooting it straight between the lines. I held my own. Some trickery. Took me behind the backboard, and I, it had been too long since I threw up one of those. Anyway. And, I and dunk, they sit and practice and every I try, day And doing I that. tried some, like, underhand granny shot top of the key to do something different. They I walked you into their trap. I should have just kept firing threes. You buddy. know from practice that's, that's a shot fine. they do I was think, 100 times. I was thinking back. Do you remember the old days of the stadium back in the day? And it, it, it started, I think, in training camp because we'd have that lull in between. Yeah. But, we would roll the hoops out, and we would play Heck over there. Yeah. And Under the south end Often zone. it was Jaguars staff against media. <laughs> yeah. And our buddy Kim Varner would sure. uh, would play with us. He'd let us play at the, at the PAL. Because I, I told E.T., when I went and did this thing with the Ponder Reader kids, I don't care how old you are how long it's been. There's just something cool about hooping in a gym. Love it. It's just so different. Like Love if, it. If you could know the smell you were, of the wood. If the you were hooping in a gym, just the sound, the yeah. – the, 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 Just – the oh, feel, yeah. it's just so much better. Like, if you knew you could play basketball in a gym, I bet you there'd be 80% more basketball played in this country. Yeah. Like, uh, if every outdoor floor was really a gym. We were spoiled as heck. I mean, that was one of the reasons we went to the PAL. And yeah. Kim and, and maybe we're hoping Officer Kim, sorry, Kim Varner there. We're sorry for uh, no, he, we're, letting the cat good. out of the bag. Yeah, no, he, he was good with that. Maybe we weren't supposed to. But he was like, hey, we can go inside and play. And all of us were like, yeah. Play inside versus yeah, out in right, this heat? Heck right. yeah. But we had some 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 great games of basketball down there. We'd roll the hoops out and playing either outdoors next to the stadium, kind of under the stadium where they built Daly's place. The chippiness was always it. fun. Definitely some of that. always fun. You can see some of the some yeah. of the chippiness come out between. And we had a member, you know, and we we're also a media gang that's 20, 30 years younger then. That's true. You know what I mean? Everybody, so, was, yeah. everyone was pretty. Well, everybody with the Jags was young too. So the Jags it was a staff, young me. It was a much younger overall media then than it is now. For sure. Yeah. For overall. Sure. Younger, younger media, younger Part of that's Hicken and I and Frangie's fault for sticking around for 30 years. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, youngins. <laughs> but you young guys want to put together a team. You need a shooter. I'm your guy. That's all I'll say. Uh, but, yeah, those were fun times. It was a good those time, Those were fun man. back in the day. All right. So, consider the source. Jason Lacanfora's, you know, swung and missed oh, a bunch. Jesus. But he's got another platform. He works for some, I don't know, even know, Legacy, Audacity, I don't know, some some uh, website or app or something. Somebody hired him. But he claims that from his due diligence at the Senior Bowl, more than one NFL GM says not just that it could or it might, they're talking, think that the Bears are going to trade Justin Fields. Uh, I mean, some teams can't get out of their own way if it's true. Um, but coming from the source... Uh, I want to remind him, since yeah, I know he listens, um, it's 2023, and I believe his statement back in 2015, I have the receipt somewhere, uh, was that by 2022 that the Jags would be in London. Oh, did he? I forgot oh, that no, no, he, he flat out said it on it, that, that by 2022, the Jags will be in London, and I wondered if everybody, if we, if we reminded him Closer to the that. Super Bowl than London there, Chief. I, no, yeah. the one I took him to task on is that one morning, like back when Marone was there, Coughlin was going to come down out of the 
the booth and coach the team. He had his good sources. And I basically at that point said, that is a lie. There's not a source that would have told you that. And a single source. Not, there's not one. And he's talking to two guys who know Coughlin. That's right. Really, really well. Yeah, he had the wrong guys. He picked the wrong. That's when I dubbed him Jason Lockon Liar, and I won't have him back on anymore. But you can't. What source? I'm not asking you to tell my source. I'm telling you, you do not have a source that told you that. That's a lie. Right. I mean, unless your source writes for Bleacher Report, just some other guy. No one who knows anything about the team, the interior work against Tom Coughlin himself, that was never even discussed. And you're saying it's going to happen. That's- not a single, not no person related to Tom, no person that knows Tom, no person associated with him would have told you that. You know, during uh, the regular season, when it comes to QBR, Trevor was 15th. Uh, this is ESPN's quarterback rating. I can give you both. That's but- because of some of those bad games early on. Well, QB- well the, the whole season counts. My point is his QBR was 54.5. Justin Fields was 54.0. Yeah. The quarterback rating, the old traditional one. Trevor made a good jump late in the year. He got up to 10th, 95.2. Uh, Justin Fields, 85.2. There's a difference. But Justin Fields ran for, like, he came within, uh, like, 50 yards of breaking the all-time rushing record. He's run for, I think the bigger story here is, first of all, if you're the Bears and you're going to trade, and, and you're going to trade Justin Fields for a draft pick and use the number one pick on Bryce Young, God bless you that you're going to take a guy you've devoted two years to. He's not shown anything that he can't be a, a good quarterback. Let's don't forget, if you go back to the beginning of December, Cat, if you looked at quarterback rankings from the 2021 draft class, from this, Justin Fields was ranked higher. There are yeah. a lot of people yeah. that have Justin Fields uh-huh. ahead of Trevor Lawrence yeah. in their quarterback ranking. Yeah, people were questioning it for sure. I do think that what has happened here, and boy, this, this set needed Jalen Hurts to win the Super Bowl. We have not had a run-first quarterback win the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts can throw. He's gotten better. He's a run-first quarterback. He had 15 touchdowns runs. If a quarterback runs for over 1,000, he's a better runner than he is a passer. That doesn't mean he's a terrible passer. Lamar Jackson had a great passing year, won the MVP. He's a better runner. Justin Fields is a better runner. There are guys that can run. Josh Allen can run. Russell Wilson could run. Kyler Murray can run. But they can also beat you if all they do is throw. And there is an... You know, I don't know if indictment might be too strong a word, but I think there's a big feeling that that guy can't take you where you want to go. I think teams and GMs and coaches all know uh, the same thing we see. You're watching a league that is that is being built uh, for future off of passing and don't don't touch the quarterback, don't hurt anybody. You know, let these guys catch tons of balls. We want lots of points. We want high-scoring games. We want They want last team with the ball to win. They want that excitement of, you know – holding all the way to the end of the game like we had with three times this year with the with the Jags. But I think teams are rushing too much because they, they're going, look, Fields is, is good. Can you win with him? Sure. Are you going to run for a lot of touchdowns? Yeah, he's going to do that. But they know that this league is set up for a passing league, and they're looking at that going, all right, got to have one of the top five guys. Or you're not winning a Super Bowl. So what are you doing? Are you trying to just win a lot of games and, and be competitive, or are you trying to go to that level where you want to be the There's Super Bowl? There's two answers, and they both – they're both predicated on how savvy your front office is. If they're right, and Justin Fields isn't a good enough passer, despite the fact, I'll remind you, they drafted him in the top 10. If he's not a good enough passer, then it will turn out that they made the right move, even if, you know, Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or whoever isn't the guy. 
But if he is good enough as a passer, then you're the biggest boobs in the history of football. I, I don't know any team that would be seriously contemplating making a trade. That The Bears have other issues that would make sure is lo- are locked up before I go trading a quarterback who, for the most part, has been been more good than bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, he completed 60%. He's, you know, the Bears' O-line's not good. Their receivers are the Bears substandard. Look, the Bears since Ditka, let's just be honest, since Ditka and the 85 and all that, the, the Bears haven't been not much. A, a major They go to an NFC title game here or there, but nothing the Super Bowl, nothing consistent. You know, uh, yeah, Devin Hester and them. Yeah. yeah growth. I get it, but either one of two things. Either Lock and Four is lying again, and it's just totally made up because he wants people talking about Maybe. it. Or the Bears are doing what they've done the last decade plus and can't get out of their own way and are, are making a dumb decision. Or I'll give you a third option. They're playing poker. They've got the number one pick. They could theoretically have two trade up to one, and then when they have that, two, have four trade up to two. They could work the system and get three or four extra first round time, picks. This is the time of year you leak stuff out. If you to com- guys. if you convince people that you're going to take somebody number one, then that might make them more inclined to. I don't follow it as close. That right there makes the most sense of all of it. Uh, knowing that, um, Justin Fields has done nothing to make you abandon ship on him. No, then you should have never drafted him if you're going to do it already. He's not been. We've seen. Zach Wilson is who you go the other direction. Davis Mills is who you go the other. Those are the guys. Not Justin Fields. He hasn't been. He's been better than Trey Lance. Lance hasn't played. He was productive. You don't get rid of him. He's productive enough. He's not a good enough passer. But are they a good not enough yet. passing team? Not yet. He's been, it's two they years. They also hired a defensive. I mean, they're not doing things to help. They hired a defensive coordinator as the head coach. That's I don't I mean. know. You're not getting out of your own way. Yeah. Uh, there's some certain. All right. I'm going to leave you with this. It's. It's no longer a stat. It's like a fact. Half the playoff field from last year is going to miss the field next year. Every year. That's pretty much what's been happening. When there's 12 teams, six have missed. When there's 14, seven have missed. Like clockwork, there are never years where only two or three miss. Every year, half the field is different. So. Hmm. Oh, boy. I think I know I'm going to read you a team, and you tell me yes or no they're in the playoffs next year. Chiefs. Uh, Yes. Bills. Yes. Bengals. I, I want to say yes, but I'm concerned about their offensive line. Well, something happens. but I, Yeah, I'll say that's the one that's going to miss. They've had two big years Well, in you row. got lower ones that are more likely. but Okay. But I'll say they're, they're maybe. Jaguars. Yes, we're making it. I love how the Bengals get debated. The Jags we put right in. Yeah. We know where we're doing the show. Uh, Chargers. Um, No. Ravens. Ravens, no, because no idea what's happening with Lamar. Couldn't couldn't say that. Dolphins. Right Dolphins. No. The Dolphins, to me, look like if Tua stays healthy all year, they're ele- they win 11 games and they go to the playoffs. That and question, that's a bigger and bigger my question. No, my no is 100% because I do not think that you guy just should get, keep playing football, and I don't think he you, will. You just dump three and a half out there, so we're right on right. schedule. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles? Eagles, yes. 49ers? 49ers, yes. Our quarterback issues there. There are quarterback issues, but they have so much other talent around it. Vikings? No. Bucks? No. Cowboys? Yeah. Giants? No. Seahawks? No. Yeah, so here you go. You booted eight without yeah. even thinking. It just happens. Yeah, just, yeah. So you want to be one of those teams that continues to make it year in, year out. The Bengals, the Bills, the Chiefs, and our conference are that team. They make it every year. Well, at least the last two or three. 
Yeah, no, I well, think— Well, CBS did a uh, five teams poised to take a major fall. If you're going to take a major fall, then I would assume that means you were a playoff team. You can't have a major fall from 9-8 and eight to— Yeah, you can't, like, miss the playoffs and be like, well, you could, and then drop to— So, the let's see, I agreed for the most part with your with your takes there. I might be you a little— You think Bengals are definitely— I do. I think they're the cream of I mean, that Joe division. Burrow's, They've got Joe I'm Burrow. A big I mean, fan of his. I think if you think the Bengals are going to miss this year, then you think that you know Trevor could miss next going into next year. I just, I, after going deep in the playoffs, I don't. I don't see that. They're the cream of that division. They're going to win it for. But whatever. Yeah. Doesn't mean I'm right. You never know. There's always one surprise. I think the Bengals will be the surprise. Okay. The that would be a I big one. The other teams I don't think would be a now, surprise if they miss. You now and and, by, and the Bengals still. Uh, mediocrity best sums up the other three teams in the division, but when you start fresh going into a year, that's a tough division. Yeah. I mean, the Steelers are always in it and good. The Ravens, same deal. And the Browns with Deshaun are probably going to be improved. That's a tough division year in, year out. Now, for a lot of years, it wasn't because the Browns were so terrible. But, well, anyway, according to CBS, five teams poised to take a major fall, which I would assume out of the playoffs. Let's see if they agree with us. The Vikings, yeah. Number three seed, you never believed in them, and then they just proved you right. 28th ranked in defense points allowed, 31 in yards allowed. You can't win like no. that. They're, they, but they, they got Flores. Didn't he go there, D.C.? Brian Flores from, from the Dolphins, I think, landed in Minnesota as D.C. this offseason. They, they, were, they were fortunate early in the year of winning some close games, winning some games they didn't deserve to win, like just pulled some stuff out. They did that a lot, not just early in the year. They did it all year, won, won yeah. close games at home. Wow, this is a more – Great news for the Jags, the Titans. You're already seven and ten. If you're having a major fall, that means you're going like to four you, or five they, wins. I think they're, I think they're going to the basement for a while. Uh, Seahawks. I don't know, man. I, I think the Seahawks won't be worse than they were last year. Last year was the year they showed that hey, we're not terrible. Why would they get worse? I don't. I mean, Geno is now going to come into his prime now the he way comes he played in, he has last a whole year. Off season, the, that running back was good, and he's young. I don't know. I'm not saying they're going to be great. They were only nine and eight, but I don't know if they're going to fall to like a big fall from nine and eight means you win six, five, six games, right? Yeah, that's tough division, but, but maybe not. Uh, the Bucks, we nailed that one. There's no time. There's, Bucks are about ready to go back to Yuckland. They're they're shattered. They don't have. I mean, who who the heck's going to play quarterback? This is another one that's tough. The Raiders are already six and eleven. You're you're calling for a quote big fall. Oof. Listen, you know how many think, sacks they had this year? By the way, twenty seven. They paid a lot of money to Chandler Jones. I think we're learning why. <laughs> I think we're learning that a team, NFL team in Vegas. Uh, I don't think they're going to be able to stay competitive. You're not going to be able to keep those guys away from Vegas, living in that city, those players. There's too many distractions in that city. I don't think Vegas is – Oh, you're saying it's always going to be difficult. I'm saying that players – they want to go there. Players all want to go there. But I'm telling you, it's going to be difficult for them to win a championship because those players will be out of routine Uh, way more than every other team in the NFL. Well, it'll it'll be good to have a Super Super Bowl there next year. come on. You tell me a home team – I wonder if it gets old. You and I both know how the team goes – with the players when they're free time. Right. You take a team and you say these players now, they are free. They have free time and they're in Vegas. Ooh, they live there. They don't woo. have to fly there. You're telling me they're going to be competitive on the no chance. Uh, maybe it gets old. <laughs> no, no, maybe chance. it gets old. I'll make this bet right now. Uh. Vegas won't win a Super Bowl. <laughs> won't win a Super Bowl. All right, we're going to go. We're gonna, uh, that'll do it for Cat Chat. Brought you Ever. Shark, or I'll spin uh, the wheel. The Shark Floor Coatings. <laughs> uh, yeah, you should. Um Shark Floor Coatings, hey, yeah. come see us at the auto show, folks. I'm heading there. It's Prime Osborne Convention Center today, tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday. All right, well, there you go. Get, you know, up to date on the latest from Shark Floor Coatings. We'll come back and see what's trending. That's how we'll close our day. It's custom tree circle. All right, back here on the drill on a custom tree search this Thursday as we come down the home stretch. 
I left content on the table. I told you I was content heavy today. Hyper prep for today's program to hopefully keep you infotained along the way. There's a couple things I didn't get to. Kind of kept the golf to a side. Matt Every going to be in studio with us tomorrow. A lot of Matt Every fans out there. Uh, 8 to 10, we'll have him tomorrow. Also going to talk some uh, both Iceman hockey and Sharks football. And we got other professional teams here in the market that have championship hopes and uh, and pedigree, for that matter, for uh, those squads as well. So, already looking forward to tomorrow's show. We still have to wrap up today's. The uh, Genesis Invitational will get teed off a little bit later today. Tiger Woods makes his return to competitive golf. He tees off at uh, like noon local time, so about 3 o'clock this afternoon. Maybe if you're like me and you start your day early, you'll be off in time. You can uh, check Tiger out. I don't have much expectation. No one does. You know, I said something earlier. I wonder if it's not true. Used to be Tiger was in the field. There was a buzz. I don't think that. I don't feel that. I feel now that, okay, we get it. You're trying. This isn't the same old Tiger. Now, Vegas is still preying on the naivete out there the odds for tiger to do certain things are ridiculously wrong like five to one to be top 20 what top 20 and made a cut he hadn't played on tour since 20 since since 2020 other than the majors but i'll tell you but i feel like the buzz now is not about him being in the field i don't think you get the jump from that i don't think you get the boost from tiger being in the field now make the cut that'll be different you know be be on a leaderboard be in the top 10 uh, the momentum for tiger and a and a resurgence, it could grow uh, awfully quickly. All right, stop me if you've heard this one before. I wonder if Mets fan doesn't smirk at this a little bit. Jacob DeGrom injured again as his Rangers debut is delayed. Wow. Wow, Rangers gave Jacob DeGrom a lot of money, and here we are, spring training barely underway, and he's already dealing with a health issue. Tightness in his left side. Now, the weather's cold in Arizona. Former Met Aces being held back, quote, a day or two from his first workout with his new team. The move was deemed as precautionary. Ask Mets fans what a precautionary move around Jacob deGrom means. For the Mets, it's mean you're getting, I don't know, 12, 14 starts if you're lucky this year. So, uh, meanwhile, they got Justin Verlander, who's kind of like the anti-Jacob deGrom. That dude's big and sturdy and has played through everything. You can count on him uh, to give you that. That National League East race is going to be another good one, man. We had three teams make the playoffs last year. One of them, the Phillies, go to the World Series. The East won the World Series the year before with the Braves. And it's it's stocked and loaded, and those teams have, have uh, prepared. And one last thing before we see what's trending. Uh, Gator basketball wins one, loses one last night. No, it wasn't a doubleheader. They won a game against Ole Miss, one by 15. But they lost Colin Castleton for the year with a broken hand, and he is like the only way Florida wins basketball games. They are the epitome of a one-man team. I said earlier, Colin Castleton averages three blocks a game. That's more than the rest of the roster combined per game. Like every other player, every other minute on the floor, combine them and they average like two and a half blocks a game. Castleton himself, he leads them in scoring. He leads them in rebounding. And it was a fluke play. I mean, he didn't take a hard hit. He just kind of got, got it like bent maybe the wrong way. Hyperextended or whatnot. And so... um, No Colin Castleton for the for the Florida Gators. All right, let's see what's trending, E, and then we'll call it a day. It's brought to you by Pet Paradise. Trending is the very best. Let them be your home for all pet services you need. From New Day Veterinary Care with top-notch staff and facilities to the general experience, at the end of the day, your dog is going to love Pet Paradise as much as he loves home. 
And that's not just the ultra-modern facilities better than anywhere else. And I see what all the other competitors are doing. I see how they're playing. I see how they're imitating uh, what has set the standard here now for a while with the more and more locations both here and nationwide. Pet Paradise is your go-to. Right now, new puppy, new year. Still check out some of, uh, get them started on that journey to good health. If you just became a pet owner or if you've been around for a while, you can also experience wacky camp days at uh, at Pet Paradise, which are a very affordable way for your dog to have a play day while you're off working. So that and more, all available to you, all that info at PetParadise.com. Let's go. Number five. All right, Jeff, I'm going to ask you a very important question, oh. man, and I'm going to judge you. Okay. So answer wisely. They say don't be judgmental, but I, I will allow you. Popeyes or KFC? Uh, that's uh, that's a that's a Popeyes for me, man. Thank you. All right, yeah, good guy. That's a Popeyes for me. <laughs> for, no a, for a variety. I, listen, I don't hate KFC. KFC's quality, and by my, you know, I'm hardly a food critic. The chicken and the crust has gotten too soft and watered down. Uh huh. Like you used to, even you didn't have to get extra crunchy, but it at least wouldn't be like quite that moist and greasy, which is part of why fried chicken is good. Don't get me wrong, I eat Kentucky fried chicken all day long. Right. I'm not saying it's terrible. I prefer I prefer the Popeyes. The red beans and rice is a big one for me too. I'm and going, the biscuits better. Yeah, I like Popeyes. I'm going to Publix before I go to KFC. Publix is also <laughs> good, but I like KFC. But I will say this, especially if you go way back, you know, quality of some of this stuff has changed, and that will be one of them. And it has. It's not it's true. It's, yeah, yeah, it's just a little, not quite what it was. Well, I bring that up because uh, KFC has announced that several items are, are on their way out: wings, popcorn, chicken. Nashville hot sauce and strawberry lemonade, as, oh, as well as uh, chocolate chip cookies, will no longer be a part of, of Popeye's menu, or I'm sorry, KFC's menu, oh. as part of a menu simplification. I'm okay with that. That's all white noise to me. You might want right. to keep that that strawberry lemonade. Maybe. They might want to keep that. Sounds like that's one, but all that. I mean, if you want wings, you're not going to Kentucky Fried Chicken. Agreed. Right? Agreed. Number four. Winner of the record $2 billion Powerball jackpot has been revealed. What's up, cuz? That's my cousin, man. <laughs> Edwin Castro. <laughs> cuz, come on. He's from the other side of the island, Haiti. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Number three. Dude, that is, a, I, here's what you need to do at some point. And we, he, I blame the government for this. Here's why. They throw these trillion-dollar deficit, and they've dumbed down how much stuff really is. $2 billion is so much money. Oh, my goodness. So much money. (laughs) If you bought a $10 million mansion, you've not even made a dent in the $2 billion. Not a dent. You still have $1 billion. (laughs) $999 No, I'm sorry. $990 million. You buy a $10 million mansion, you still have $1,990,000,000. It is an unfathomable amount of money. And he elected to uh, take the lump sum, yeah, which, which was $997.6 million. It's still more money than you can spend, man. You don't have to know anything about anything. You don't need a financial advisor. Yeah. Take a million. Take, take, you win nine, what'd you say, $100 million? Uh, basically a billion, nine ninety-seven. Yep, yep. Take $100 million and just put it in the lowest yielding savings right. and you'll be making hundreds of thousand dollars a year. Because hey, come holler at me, and man. Spend the rest, baby. You spend it. <laughs> For real, just I ain't spend kidding. It. Could you imagine? No, I couldn't. God, these guys that win the lottery. How lucky you have to be to win the lottery. Oh, oh man. Number three. Oh, man. 
Kobe Bryant's jersey from his MVP season sells for take a wild guess. Is Mahomes at Daytona? Did I just see Is Mahomes it? at Daytona? I stream <laughs> of consciousness radio. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, Kobe Bryant's jersey from his MVP season sells. Take a wild guess. How much that jersey sold for? One point two million dollars. No, you're gonna have to up that, bro. Five million. Five point eight million dollars. Oh, that's insane. Auction. I've never understood the merchandising and the collectible industry. I just, I mean, I it's cool, cool stuff. I couldn't imagine paying. $10 for a signature or a jersey or anything else. Now I have some because my kids have gotten them for me and, and they're into it. And, and, and you know, there's some cool things to it, especially if, if you're going to do that, man, and not even to that extent, just paying that kind of money. But even if you're like just a minor collector, you got to devote a room or a wall in your house, right? To properly display it. Like I got all kinds of cool stuff and it's just hodgepodge all over the house in different places, right? <sighs> The previous Kobe Bryant memorabilia sale record was set by a game-worn autographed basketball jersey from the 96-97 season. That was 3.7. Who's selling this? His estate? NBA, I mean, who who, who who does this? Does it go to charity? What what happens to this money? Or somebody owned it, I guess, already? I'm guessing that's what it was. The article didn't reference. I got you. Number two. Michael Jordan is in the news. Michael Jordan makes the largest individual donation ever. So the Make-A-Wish Foundation for his 60th birthday. It's $10 million, wasn't it? $10 million. Yeah, he has supported Make-A-Wish for a long time, and I, I've done things with them as well. Dreams Come True, another one. They're, they're the ones that are legit, that take these, in many cases, dying children or certainly very, right. very ill children and, and make their, you know, wish come true or their dreams come true. It's I used to, ESPN used to do those stories that maybe it's an off-season. Maybe they still do them, and they'll do them this off-season, but where the ones that involve an athlete, you know, where they'll take a little kid and, they make their day, man. Spend the day with Jalen Hurts or right. whatever. It's fun. Those are good watch. Number one. This is it. Hottest story in America. Right here, ladies and gentlemen. As we spoke about a little bit earlier this week, Rihanna, she was not paid for her halftime performance. However, she has gained over 1.5 million Instagram followers in less than 24 hours. Huh. And searches for her, her, Fenty Beauty, her Fenty Beauty product went up 833%. Well, maybe that's... She just... She becomes you know, front of mind by getting out there. Right. I'm surprised that the Instagram follower is what I'm surprised at. Did you watch the Super Bowl and you didn't know who Rihanna was? <laughs> right. Right? Are you watching and decided, hey, I don't, I do like her music or whatever? That part is strange to me. That's what's right. trending. It's brought to you by Pet Paradise. We leave you with some laughter. We got a big show planned for you tomorrow. But first, we introduce you to Jaguars today. Uh, coming up next on a Custom Tree Surgeons Thursday. Now, the two-minute drill. Brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL rolling with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. All right, time to introduce you to Jaguars today. Tony, Mike, and uh, all the fun and frivolity they've got waiting for you. And football facts, more important <laughs> yeah. than anything. What you got today? We'll have uh, Tony Pauline on. Sure. It's our first time. He's a draft guy, right? Draft guy, yeah. Uh, you know, we talk to him usually every couple weeks leading up to the draft once we know what the draft is going to look like for the Jags. And that took longer this year, so we hadn't talked nice. to him until uh, today for the first time. And our question of the day today asking if the two sides can't reach an agreement on a long-term deal, would you want the Jaguars to use the franchise tag on Jawan Taylor? That's a that's a number of eighteen point two million dollars for twenty twenty. I just I really like that's such an interesting topic. I'd like to know what the Jags really feel because the like the realist in me just looks at that whole situation. And so we're going to have a second round draft pick, and we're just going to bench him for a third year. 
You know what I mean? With mm-hmm. Walker Little, I, it seems like if you're going to spend 14, 15 a year, whatever he bounces out at, maybe we should spend that on some defense. I'm just saying. So, <laughs> sure. Know. Yeah. I don't know if they would use it that way or not. I think they'd probably be more likely to use it on Ingram. It's a lower number, and if that they don't oh, come to sure. with him. Like, but, that's been the conversation we've been having sure. for a few weeks, but it does feel more and more like the Jags are are placing a premium on Taylor. Ask a Pauline Ingram. if he heard anything coming out of the Senior Bowl that Justin – Fields is getting traded, like our boy Jason Lockham Forrest yeah. reporting that multiple GMs, said, <laughs> and he didn't say it like could be or discussing, saying like expected to be. Yeah. Would that shock you guys if Justin Fields was traded? I I wouldn't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. You yeah. know, not this too early. He's not a flame out no. failure. He's not Zach Wilson. I it didn't make any sense to me that he wasn't the second quarterback selected yeah, that well, year. Like, and uh, for everyone that was. Even considering not making Trevor Lawrence the pick, I didn't know how anyone but Fields would have been the pick. If it wasn't going to be Trevor Lawrence, I didn't know why the Jets made the decision they did when they made it. And you're going to trade Justin Fields after not putting him behind an offensive line, not giving him any receivers of worth to throw to for a couple years up there in Chicago and then move on from him so you can bring in another young quarterback to not have any of those things? Doesn't make much sense to me. Maybe... Maybe the GMs, like the rest of the national media and the local media, are on to Jason Lockhart for, and there's my Huckleberry. Hey, guess what I heard, right? Because that seems like at the, that seems like it's most likely just some poker being played by the Bears, throwing any and Could everything. Be. Yeah. Because if the Bears do it right, if they can do it perfectly, they trade from one to two, and then like two to four, and they they double up on the value of teams that want to get that quarterback. That if you ask me, they at least, you know, should still be determining if they have. All right. It's a Jaguars today. It's coming up next. Enjoy uh, those couple of hours going deep inside Jaguars football. We're back tomorrow with another edition of the drill. It's been a custom tree surgeon's Thursday. Bye, Felicia.